Welcome to Air It Out, a spiritual bootcamp podcast. I'm your host, Emery Oliver. Today's episode is a spiritual healing, and if you're new here, what that means is I channel people's guides, gods, whoever wants to come through to help them work through the issue that they're struggling with. Today's guest is the lovely Nikki, all the way from Amsterdam. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Side note, listeners, I just have to tell you that Nikki and I basically share the same personality, so this is going to be a wild episode. So, like, hold on to your butts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's just so fun. Exactly. That's that's the healing process can be fun. It doesn't have to be this doom and gloom, serious, like, high pressure. Oh, God, this is so hard. Like, it can be fun. We can cuss. We can play. We can yell. We can scream. We can cry. Mm -hmm. This is a space for just being authentically you. Which Good. It seems like you are that way all the time. So I am. <laughs> I I'm that. at a 10, baby. <laughs> I love it. So we've also got Nick, my stoic husband and the show's producer. Mm-hmm. He's hot. Hello. I think so, too. He's super hot. Thank you. Yeah, you did well, girl. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I did. I leveled up on that one. I'm not going to lie. The first time that... <laughs> Okay, so we're going to start this off with like a little story time because I think this this is actually pretty funny. So Nick and I actually met through Craigslist, and I don't know if you know what that is really? in Amsterdam. Do you guys have Craigslist? Yes, okay. I know. I had the most weirdest experience through Craigslist ever. Oh, me too. So let me share this with you because this is super fucking weird. This is how Nick and I met. And we lied about it for the longest time because when you say I met on Craigslist, it sounds like we were looking for a fuck buddy, right? <laughs> Some kind of weirdo. <laughs> exactly. So I'm I, into BDSM and I'm looking for a girl on latex. Right? I like girls with nice feet. Like that's what people think yeah, of when you say Craigslist. Yeah. You got, so what, you got nice feet. I do have nice feet. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> so, so what happened was uh, in Atlanta where we lived at the time, if it ever snows, like even an inch or two, the entire city shuts down because the whole place becomes an ice skating rink. So yeah, we had had like four inches of snow that that year and like the whole city shut down for like a week because literally people were trapped in their cars for like 12 hours on the highway. It was insane. <laughs> so Nick and I both went kind of stir crazy in our collective homes or our respective homes. And so I had just gotten a recurve bow, which is like an archery bow basically, but not the compound mm-hmm. like mechanical looking one, like the old school one. And I kept slapping the shit out of my forearm like it was so bruised. So I put an ad on Craigslist that said, I'm looking for someone to go shoot a recurve bow with me and teach me how to not bruise my arm because mm-hmm. I haven't done this since I was a kid. So naturally, I and I was very clear about this is platonic, right? I'm not looking for a fuck buddy. I'm not looking to meet up with anybody. <laughs> I'm just looking for someone to teach me how to shoot a fucking recurve bow. That's it. Naturally, I got a bunch of pictures of random dudes' dicks in my inbox. Yes, obviously. So many, including one of a friend's boyfriend. So that was a whole other thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was like, dude, he's trolling Craigslist for Poonanny. Like, you need to drop that. Stop throwing these dicks at me. So that was basically my response. I went and edited the thing, and I was pissed off. I was like, nobody wants to see your dick pics. Dicks aren't even good looking. It's like a shriveled up fucking worm. No one wants to see that shit, you fucking insane people. That's for grinder only. Exactly. So Nick thought that was fucking hilarious and wrote me this insane email that was like, I like to win pie eating contests after I win a steak eating contest and I wrestle bears. I'm like, this totally (laughs) insane email. 
but still, I just want to fucking shoot my bow. <laughs> it was just silly. Yeah. It was silly, but it was hilarious. And and I like I felt the energy coming off of it without really realizing that that's what I was feeling. And I was like, this guy's either insane or he's like a gem. Like, I'm not sure which one. So I'm going to email him back and figure Probably it out. both. Insane. Yeah, yeah he, he was definitely both. <laughs> definitely yes. at the time he was both. So um, I reached out to him and we talked for like two days on Facebook. And then on Valentine's Day or the day before Valentine's Day, he was like, let's Aww. go for our first date on Valentine's Day. And I was Aww. like, no, like that has so much pressure attached to it. No fucking Lots way. Lots of pressure. <laughs> yeah. So much pressure. But it's so romantic, though. I know, yeah. but it was still like I was like, Ugh, right? Because at that point, I was like, I don't need a man. I don't. I'm just like I'm out having fun. Like fuck it, I've given up on trying to find my soulmate because everybody I date is a train wreck. Like, and they all yes. end up damaging me. And no, thank you. Yes. So I, I was in that phase of like, no, I don't want to meet anybody. Which is okay. of course when Nick came along because that's how the world works. Yeah. So. <laughs> So universe never gives you what you want. It gives you what you need. Exactly. Well, and I had, you know, Nick knows this, so I'm, I'm going to talk about it openly, but I had a boy toy at the time. Like, so I already had my sexual needs covered. Like I would kick him out of my okay. house at like 10 okay. o'clock at night. Literally, there was like a timer that would go off and I'd be like, get the fuck out. So like, <laughs> that's the headspace I was in. You better come or you're out of here, baby. <laughs> exactly. She's such a dude. I am a dude. <laughs> you well, married me. I'm the same, so. <laughs> Yay for fuck boys. Yeah, exactly. That's what he was. Like, and, and he knew that. Like, I was very open about it. At one point, he was like, let me take you out on a date. And I was like, hell no. This is the agreement that we made. Don't go back on it. So yes. when Nick was, like, emotionally appealing to me, I was like, oh, what is this? You know, like, mm, I don't know about this. So yeah. instead, I just assumed it was going to be a shit show because I was emotionally attracted to him. And every other time that it happened, it was a shit show. So... Mm-hmm. Nick and I met at Starbucks like two days after Valentine's Day because I thought it was going to be a disaster. And I was like, all you get is coffee. Like, that's all. Like, <laughs> Okay, okay. I, I feel you. That's yeah, it. I was like, we're just, we'll meet for 15 minutes. It'll be a train wreck. I'll just dip out. Like, it's fine. So Nick and I had a first date that ended up being 10 hours long of just like. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, of like, we went and had coffee and then we went to the park and watched like little kids try and learn how to play lacrosse, which was hilarious. And then. Oh we went to, oh, we went to like a pet store because I had to get a fish for my nephew. So he helped me pick out a fish for my nephew. And then we went and had dinner and then we still didn't want to say goodbye. So he came back to my apartment at the time and we watched Game of Thrones and fell asleep on the couch together. Oh my God. That's so cute. It was like the sweetest thing I've ever felt ever. Oh and when he left, okay. I remember closing the door and like leaning up against it and being like, fuck, I think that's my person. It was he like, didn't even try anything? Mm-mm. No, he specifically said, I need to go home now so that this doesn't turn into something else. I'm a gentleman. Okay. Oh, my God. I think they broke the mold after you, baby. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. second, second date, we, we obviously <laughs> broke that rule. But <laughs> okay, good, good. Get your groove on. Right? But I like inherently knew that that was my person when it happened. So anyone who was curious, because I know a lot of people ask about Nick, like when they reach out to me after they hear the podcast of like, man, like you guys have this cool relationship. Mm-hmm. It it all will like your person will show up in the strangest way when you're when you're just like, fuck it, I'm not looking for him anymore. That really is how okay. this works. Interesting. Yes. So now that I've gone on a random tirade, what are we mm-hmm. working through today with you? <laughs> Uh, well, basically, I'm kind of fucked up uh, emotionally. <laughs> Aren't, we all? Aren't we all fucked up? <laughs> I mean, 
financially and career-wise, uh, my life couldn't be better. And it's right. called like Gangbusters. And um, I mean, I organized guided tours in Japan with local guides. And because of Corona, obviously, my company was basically in the shits. Right. And I wasn't making any money, so life was horrible. And uh, I tried to find a job, but just met all these wankers, and they were like, yeah, <laughs> I want to control you. Just yep. do whatever the fuck I want. And I was, no, I'm not going to do that. So I kept um, saying goodbye to these assholes. And now I'm finally at this point where I can just make enough money out of my own company and I don't have to do any additional work and I can just uh, take it easy. But yeah, I mean, basically 2020, well, 2020, I knew that my husband was cheating on me. Mm. I knew it for a couple of months, but he wasn't really bothering me and he, uh, he was never home anyway. So I was like, yeah, it's fine. Just as long as you don't disturb me. <laughs> so I was living my best life. I was going out with my friends and taking care of my kid. And I was like, yeah, just as long as you're not bothering me, it's fine. But then 2020 came around and he was there every fucking minute and driving me insane. So one day, day he came home drunk and he forgot to lock his phone and I just needed a reason to kick him out so I got his phone <laughs> I took screenshots of everything incriminating and the next morning I told him you know I don't know where you're sleeping tonight but it's not gonna be here fuck off yeah here's your bag just go away well done Nikki like I'm I'm fucking like yeah like well done yeah fuck go fuck you so yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I needed to stay until the summer of 2021 because of my daughter and school and COVID and blah, blah, blah. So um, my husband tried to manipulate me to taking him back inside the house. And he was like, I'm going to rob you blind and I'm going mm -hmm. to leave you destitute if you don't allow me to come back into the home. And I said, well, you'll do that anyway. So right. regardless of whether you, where, you live here or not, so go fuck yourself. If you want to leave me and my daughter destitute, then you'll do that or not or whatever. Yeah. Just do your thing. And uh, he kept his promise. He left me destitute with a debt of 30,000 euros. And oh uh, I went back to the Netherlands and he said, you have two months to come up with a mortgage because we still had a house in the Netherlands. And... Um, if you cannot come up with a mortgage within two months, I'm going to kick you out, put the house up for sale, and you can just go to a women's shelter. So I applied mm. like crazy, and I was able to find a job within two months, but obviously not a good fit. But at least I was able to manage myself financially. Yeah, it was a stepping and, stone. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was able to make it work, and uh, I had a really rough time since then and I still haven't figured things out and last April my ex came back to Netherlands stayed with his mom and convinced my daughter who is eight right now like oh you should come back to Tokyo I'm going to give you these rainbows and um, unicorns and confetti every day and it's uh. going to be fucking amazing and if you just come to Tokyo then everything will be alright and your life will be wonderful and fuck your mom because she's a bitch anyway so just come oh with me 
So I thought there's two things I can do. I can either say, fuck, no, this is not going to happen. You're going to stay here. I don't care. Or I can I can let her experience what it's like to go back to Tokyo because she had this magical thinking like, mm-hmm. oh, my life was amazing when I was still in Tokyo. So I just need to go back there and then everything will magically fall back into place and my life will be wonderful and everything will be great. So I thought, well, let her just experience that. And then if things fall to pieces, which they eventually will, according to my assessment, then I can take her back. And uh, yeah, two months in, she was already like, oh, well, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I should come back to Amsterdam. I said, no, fuck it. You're going to stick it out for one year. I don't give a fuck. You chose this, so you're going to experience it for a full year because I don't want you to come back and say, oh, you know, I didn't give it a fair chance. Maybe I should have stayed longer. So no, you're going to sit on your blisters. You made this decision, so stick with it. And then after one year, if you decide to come back, my house and my heart are open for you and I'd rather scratch out my own eyes than let you stay one minute longer than necessary. Yeah. So right now I'm trying to get her to be able to come back in the summer and live in Amsterdam again, but my ex is not really uh, uh, very cooperative. So I think I still have a battle on my hand, but I love a challenge. So (laughs) I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Yes, I'm going to stab your heart out if you don't give me what I want. So uh, (laughs) give me your best shot. So yeah, I love a good fight. Uh, So I'm like five steps ahead of him. But uh, yeah, end of the month, I'm going to try and manipulate him into thinking that her coming back to Amsterdam is going to be the best choice for him. So well, not uh, not only that, but if he actually does love his daughter, which I'm hoping he does. I No. Well, he's a narcissist. All he cares about is himself. His uh, daughter is just Yeah, uh, he, he cares about his image. Uh, his daughter is just an attribute and she needs to perform like a monkey to make him feel better. And other than that, he doesn't really care about her. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying. He cares about his image. I yes. think I do think he loves her to his ability of love, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like probably, I I yes. do think at it, at the very at the very core of it, there is some part of him that knows that she's better off with you in Amsterdam. So, I don't know. No, he he does. I can see it. Like I can see it clearly. Hope so. He but but his ego, the narcissist in him, is overshadowing that part because he's more concerned with getting what he wants out of it. Does that make sense? You know, last December, he was here with her for one week only, even though she had a month off, but that's another matter. But in any case, we had a meeting and my daughter didn't give him a hug at the beginning of the meeting. And then he was like, this fucking ungrateful bitch. This is his words, by the way. I'm yep. literally um quoting him here this fucking ungrateful bitch i'm going to leave her here i'm going to draw my hands off her and i never have to see her again and she should just stay here and 
figure her shit out. I'm not going to take her back. Yep. And I literally spent three hours trying to convince him to take her back to Tokyo because I didn't want her to stay here without any financial support or... I mean, right. in the middle of the rear year, how am I going to arrange school for her? Right. So I was like, no, she needs to go back to Tokyo and come back in the summer where I can make sure she can pick up where she left off instead of just scrambling and trying to make it work. So, yeah. Yeah, because it triggered his ego. She openly. Yes. She, she openly. Defied him. Ma- yeah, made him look like things were the way that they are, right? Like, and narcissists hate that. Yes. Narcissists are like, we need to put up a happy shield saying that we're kumbaya and we're the Brady family and yes. you're happy and you love me and I'm the greatest. And when she openly showed that that wasn't the case, especially in front of you. Yes. His ego had a meltdown, right? But that that kind of tells me, though, that he's not a very smart narcissist, that he tipped his hand no. to you like that. So that's the good part about that, right? Smart narcissists are the scary ones. He was the one cheating on me. He has been living together with his girlfriend for two years, and still he stalks me on Facebook. I'm like, why do you have to look at everything I do online? He can't you are the one you that broke up with me. Because he huh? can't con- he can't control you anymore. That's why. Yes. When when a narcissist loses control of of someone in their life that they saw as being in their their orbital sphere, basically. Yes. They they go through this crazy like. How do I explain this? I'm trying to figure out like the best words to I know explain what this. You mean. Yeah. Yeah. They go through this crazy like internal turmoil of like I've got to yes. get control again because. Yes. In some way, you triggered some sort of abandonment issue that he has. True. Like, I can see yes. it. I'm, I'm yes. feeling it. It's like, oh, my yes. God, I've got to bring her back. And I don't care if it hurts her because I just need it. Like, I need that in my... my daughter to get to me. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I'm hopeful that you're not actually going to have to manipulate him into seeing it's better for her to come back because he'll be so out of his depth as a parent at that point that he'll see it's like... Yeah, I'll have a, a better life if I don't have to be a parent, right? Because most mm-hmm. narcissists don't actually like being a parent. They like controlling True. their kid. Yes. They like the kid being an extension of themselves. And so True. I, I do – he's – the reason he's not wanting to let her go is because of that abandonment issue. But I do think yes. this is going to come to a head where he gets so frustrated that he hits another one of those, this ungrateful bitch moment, Right. I hope so. And yes. then and then that's when you need to take advantage of that and go, you're right. She is an ungrateful bitch. Give her to me. <laughs> you know, like Yes. <laughs> Come on. Come to mama, baby. Yeah. The the best way to deal with narcissists is to agree with them. Like I know that yes. I, I hate to say it, but it's true. To, to agree with them, to massage their ego and go, Yeah, 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 yes. whatever you want, but I want that. Like, this is what's best for you. Let's let's take her back. I also yeah, think yeah. that this was actually a really helpful. I think your daughter's gonna have a lot of shit to work through after this year because yes. of living with him and not and having you girlfriend. to and not having you to balance it out. Yeah, I'd, I'm not really seeing the girlfriend as much. But for her the the seeing who her dad is clearly for the first time probably is going to she's going to need some help when she gets home. But I think it's I think it's good for her. I think it's going to make her stronger in the end because she'll understand yeah. that she does have people that care about her and look and look out for her, but you also will give her the freedom to make those mistakes. And that's yeah, important I mean, at that age. She's fucking lazy, so she needs a bit of pain <laughs> in her life to motivate her. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you know, I, what teenager isn't you know? Well, she's eight, isn't she? 
Yeah, she's eight. Oh, damn eight-year-olds. So, but emotionally, and uh, she's an empath. She's been that way since she was a year and a half. And uh... So that's actually what I was going to tell you is I don't actually think she's lazy. Just Just for your... For what I'm seeing, if I dig into her energy, what I'm actually seeing is she's scared of making mistakes. Like she, because she feels dad's like perfectionism, like you need to be perfect. Yeah. You need to be a perfect little whatever. It, her her laziness isn't so much that like she's lazy and doesn't want to go do things. It's that she almost has a fear of failure. And so oh, that, that kind of, be the case, yeah. it, she like gets overwhelmed and it manifests as like, I don't want to do anything because she shuts down. So I yeah, think I think you might see yeah. when she comes back to you that that laziness is like not there anymore. Okay, that would be good, yeah, because I want her to be better. And it feels like that the way we say in Dutch, she uh, runs along the edges. So she, it seems like she's not making enough effort to yep. really get in there. But I can understand that it might be an emotional issue where she just feels overwhelmed and cannot really reach her full potential because she's still, uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And especially with all of the change and turmoil that's going on between you yeah. and your husband and her world and her being stuck in between, like that's so ungrounding for kids and they start internalizing mm -hmm. it of like, I'm the problem. Like I'm the one who caused this, even though like that's totally illogical, but it's just most kids of divorce go there anyway. And for this being like a transcontinental divorce yeah. you know like no actually she's quite mature about it and she's like she doesn't blame me for anything but no. she blames her dad for not taking her into consideration when uh putting her world upside down and that he's basically to blame for uh letting her life fall to pieces yeah. because i told her literally like i was uh, i was about to put up with all of his bullshit just so she could have a family life but because of the whole cheating thing and the pandemic thing I was like no I've had enough I just want to go back and yeah. try and start over again so I said if this wouldn't have happened I would have stayed there and tried to maintain the life as good as possible but yeah. no this needed to happen uh, this this really yeah. was this was fate like this was a this was the powers that be intervening into your world and telling you you're on a wrong path. Like it needs to change. And mm -hmm. while I think she's mature, I still, she's still an eight year old. Okay. And that yes. level of chaos around you and that level of my parents hate each other and I'm stuck in the middle and, and not, not because you're putting her in the middle necessarily, but just the nature of that situation is she's yeah. stuck in the middle of it. Well, actually, my husband kind of puts her on the same level as his girlfriend, and he is making her compete with a girlfriend for his attention. Oh, my God. So he's not putting his girlfriend on his own level. He's putting the girlfriend on the same level as our daughter wow. and making them compete for his attention. So that is definitely... Uh, Oh my god. Shitty situation for both of them, really. Yeah. When when she comes back, be very patient with her for a couple mm. of years because she's got a huge amount of trauma to process now. Yes, for sure. Yeah, like I you know, I, I would even say put her into therapy, like when she gets back if you can swing it, just so that she has someone to like yeah. unload all of her feelings that too that are not they're not involved in the situation, right? Because I think she's gonna need that. Yeah, when uh, my ex was like, oh, she's coming back to Tokyo, I said, well, the only 
um concern i have she can go back but i want her to have weekly counseling sessions Good. with a therapist that i've been arranging beforehand not just to help her through things but also to have like a uh independent arbiter yes. to kind of assess the situation because otherwise it's going to be my word against yes. his and yep. at least this way there's another person that is like hey hang on a minute actually uh, this isn't making sense or yep. whatever you know no that's beautiful i love that thank you for that because i think <laughs> yeah. a lot of people do like they especially when they have like a trauma hit like you did because what you went through was a trauma and I and yeah. I know that that sounds like like everyone's like oh you fucking snowflake everything's a trauma but no. no when you have the person that is supposed to love and care for you and who you're supposed to have like unconditional trust in does something that fucked up and then you find out they have a personality disorder and then they wreck your yeah. life that yes. fucks you up on a level that like very few things get to so I yeah. I want to kind of go into before we started recording you started talking about how you have a very hard time letting people deep inside that you're very open but that once it gets to a point you like you can't go any further than that emotionally even my daughter i cannot let her in 100 percent. so that's because this narcissistic ex-husband of yours is a repeating cycle that has happened many times in your life where you have that's because my brother raped me and my other brother sexually assaulted me and my sister-in-law oh, fucked my boyfriend. So yes. yeah, I have yes. this trust issues. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. This is a cycle that keeps repeating of you give your trust to somebody who you're supposed to be able to trust, who's family. Yes. And then they damage yes. you in a horrible yes. life exploding kind of way. This is this is yes. your ex-husband is just a continuation of that same cycle yeah, yeah, that's yeah, been yeah, happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I mean my mom literally told me stop being such a little bitch. You're ruining my life. Get over yourself. Yeah. This is no big deal. You are uh, misinterpreting everything and your brothers are trying to show you love. So just be quote-unquote normal and stop oh. fucking up my life oh my god so i have so much rage i think I, I i don't even know if this is coming from you this might just be my own personal rage on this but i have so much rage behind how fucked up that entire dynamic is yes. what happened to you was wrong you were not misinterpreting it you experienced all of it mm-hmm. you were the only one who was willing to raise your hand and say shit's fucked up in this family Yes. And the problem is, and the and the reason that your mom had that reaction is not because she actually felt that way. She knew. She knew. Okay. Like you know mm-hmm. this. I know this. We all know that she knew. You, <laughs> there's no way she didn't know. You didn't mm-hmm. fuck up her life. The issue is by you raising your hand and saying, This horrible thing is happening because our family is fucked up and you raised a, a kid that raped his own sibling. Yes. She'd have to admit that somehow she raised that monster. And in doing that and admitting that, that that just that fact, she saw it as like, because your mom, I see kind of identified with like, look at my family, look at my kids. I'm a mom, blah, blah, blah. That aspect of it for her would have meant that it would have challenged her entire identity as like a good mom. So well, ha- she was also a narcissist, so she well, that's used I'm saying. me as a doll. Yep. And she wanted me on her lap whenever she felt like it. And then when it was inconvenient, she threw me in a corner and let me cry all day. Didn't matter that's, because that's what I'm saying. It though. was all about her. That's what I'm saying, though. The reason she didn't accept that is because it challenged that mask of "I'm a good mom" that all narcissists yes. put up, right? Yes. So 
it had nothing to do with you. And I know that you know this, but I'm telling you this as someone who has combed back into the deep recesses of your past. None of that had anything to do with you. You were collateral damage in a bunch of other people's demon wars. And I say demon not from the biblical sense, but demons as in the internal shitty monster sides of them that they act like don't exist because they they don't want to look at it. You, on the other hand, saw the demon that existed in you and went, come on, give me a hug. We're we're part and parcel. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that you're capable of shitty stuff, but I'm here so that you don't necessarily do that so much. And and I am seeing that, like, while I know you love yourself deeply, part of you does have a, a bit of a repression around the the ways that you reacted to things that came up for you, right? And forgive yourself for that, please, because nobody goes through what you went through and comes out the other side squeaky clean. No one. No, I mean, I have a crippling imposter syndrome, but uh, other than that, I'm Forgive manic. yourself, though. Like, you, you don't. You are you are who you are, okay? And accept mm. that. Like your crippling imposter syndrome is because your entire life you were told that what you saw as reality wasn't reality. Okay. Yeah, I was never good enough. Exactly. Yeah. But that's her bullshit, right? Like that mm-hmm. was not you. That that's bad programming that came from your childhood and continued into adulthood and then continued into this relationship with your ex. This is one yeah. giant massive thing. And so by telling your ex to fuck off and taking that mm-hmm. leap of faith and going, fuck it, like I'll live in a women's shelter if I have to. I'm just going to yes. stop the cycle. Yes. You started a new chapter in your world. So now you're at the point where I don't think you're going to keep repeating the cycle because you understand that it's a cycle. And you now understand what that frequency of, ooh, that feels like my family. That feels like my ex-husband. That feels like that feels like danger. I shouldn't go near it. That's a That's a hot stove. And while a hot stove feels nice because it's warm, if you get too close to it, it burns you, right? Well, the thing is, I know what I don't want, but I don't know what I do want, and I don't know how to get there. Okay, so but, that but that's actually okay. okay. Not knowing what you want is actually okay, all right? It, mm. Because it leaves you open to all the possibilities. By yeah, knowing true. what you don't want, you look at it and go like, I know what that, again, I know what that frequency is. I know what that energy is. I'm not going back to that. Yeah. Yes. But this is your time to try and figure out what it is that you want. Like the world's your oyster, babe. Go out there. Go date Mm -hmm. some guys. Be like, ooh, I really don't like this part of him, but I do like this other part of this guy. And so I do know that I want that in my future mate. This guy isn't my future mate because he has five other things I don't want attached to it. Okay? (laughs) That's how you find that out. Like that's why you go through Mm -hmm. the dating process. You know, I kissed a lot of fucking frogs before I met Nick. A lot. (laughs) But yeah, you, but you know Do what? You have a nice brother, Nick. <laughs> he's married, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, he, he's married. Yeah, he's no. taken. Uh, <laughs> well, everything can be broken. <laughs> <laughs> but but kind of what I, I what I want to share with you in this is that I didn't know what I wanted when I met Nick. I I, I knew I didn't want to date anybody. Is what I knew. I I knew I didn't want to go through what I had been going through over and over again. So I said, "Fuck it, I'm not doing it anymore." And then I gave Nick a chance. And here's one of the best things that I can tell you about finding out what you want while simultaneously knowing what you don't want and also learning that a lot of your bad experiences had a purpose to it. So, yeah, Nick, don't kill me for sharing this. And if I start going too deeply into things that you don't want to share, stop me. He's shaking his head no, like, oh, you fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you even dare, bitch. What's happening? 
<laughs> so, Don't talk about me. So Nick, when we met, and, and I've said this before on the podcast, Nick, when we met, was in a, a very different place than he is now. Nick mm-hmm. struggles a little bit with OCD sometimes, which has gotten like significantly better since we've been together. He's yeah. not great at expressing his emotions. Like, again, like I told you before we hit record, at a certain point, all he felt was rage and I'm okay. There was like no other emotions in the mix. Mm -hmm. So all of these things though, I knew I didn't want those things because I had had them in other boyfriends. Right. Mm -hmm. However, Nick, the, uh, the vast majority of Nick was so much what I found out I wanted right through dating him that I was willing to be patient with the other stuff and see it for what it was because I had already experienced it with other guys and I already knew how it manifested and I already knew how it was going to hurt me. And so I took precautions to kind of like, okay, so I know this is going to be an issue. Like I'll try and figure out how to work through it with him or I'll try and put up boundaries so it doesn't hurt me so much. So sometimes we go through these really brutal experiences with people not only to realize that we don't want that, but also to understand what it is so that we can be more patient when we do find our soulmate, right? Yeah. And so, like, you know, to Nick's credit, he's worked through, oh, my God, like a fucking tremendous amount of shit, right? Uh, like good. The, yeah. the guy he was when we met nine years ago, almost to the day, versus who he is now is like a completely different human being. I, I think Nick can attest okay, to that. Okay, so he really needed to... Uh, meet you to get over his shit. Yeah, and I needed to meet him to get over my shit, right? That's what soulmates do. Mm. Like, we yeah. we poke at each other's fucking wounds, right? <laughs> but we love each yes. other enough that we'll start working on them, not just for ourselves, but also for the other person, right? Because I don't want to hurt mm. Nick, and he doesn't want to hurt me. And so that it's more motivation to change. Yeah, we definitely poke at each other a bunch. Okay, good. Well, <laughs> hopefully in a good way. In a good way, but also sometimes in a bad yeah. way. Like, in a bad way. like, yeah. And it's unintentional. Like sometimes we'll poke each other's childhood wounds without even realizing that we're doing it. You know? Yeah. And, well, we all have our triggers, right? So well, if right. someone but he, pushes our triggers, then... Uh, well, it helps us identify those triggers, right? For us to work on them. So that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm a different person now. He's a different person because we poked each other's triggers and both of us went, yeah. oh, that's a, that part of me that's triggering you is not a very good part of me. Like, I probably need to work on that. Right. Mm-hmm. So my lack of patience. I was the most impatient <laughs> person. I'm still not great with it. I'm, I'm definitely a work yeah. in progress. Oh, my God. You're my spirit animal. I, I know. I know. I, the second I fucking met you, I was like, I totally am going to understand this woman on a, on a much deeper level yeah. than most. So I am yeah. so fucking un- impatient. Well, not now. I used to be so fucking impatient. Yes. Very like impatient. a toddler on the sugar rush, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'd be like, I want it now. I want it now. I got to Like, yes. I got to do, I got to do. Give like, it to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm constantly in motion, right? Like, I was constantly like, go, 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 go. Push through, push through, push through. And yes. you, you have that same warrior aspect. I can feel it in your mm. energy. I can see it in you. The way that you talk, everything. Like, you are this warrior, Xena warrior princess. I don't know if you ever watched that that show. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 90s, baby. Yes, but you definitely have that aspect in you. And it is strong as fuck. It's why you haven't just curled up in a ball and died from all the stuff that happened to you. But trust me. Well, what- I mean, last summer I, w- I had a real identity crisis. I'm sure. When my daughter left. I was like, I'm no longer mother, I'm no longer daughter, I'm no longer a business owner, I'm basically nothing, I might as well not be here. Oh, I so know. It took me a couple of months to get through to through that and get to the other side and to kind of realize 
what is it that I want? And is there even anything that I want? Because my life had always revolved around someone else, like Mm -hmm. my mother, my husband, my daughter. I never really figured out what I wanted. So it was very confrontational to finally be left with just yourself and to figure out is there even anything that you want and what do you even want and what is your personal motivator when there's no one else around but that that is the warrior in you so let me explain this right because i went through the same thing that's a dark night of the soul where you get stripped of everything that you think you know about yourself yeah and then you hit rock bottom and you go i don't know who the fuck i am okay yes that I went through that in 2020. I, I totally went through that in 2020. So I, I exactly. get it. And I and I to a certain extent just went through a smaller version of that this week. Poor Nick was on that roller coaster with me, right? Of like, what oh. the fuck is happening? Like, but you go through these and they're these meta they're these beautiful metamorphosis. Like I know in the moment it feels terrible and you're like, why the fuck am I even alive? Right. Yes. But those are such a gift. And I know in the moment they do not feel like it, but if you hadn't been given that crisis of identity, right, you wouldn't have built this business now to where you're at. Like you wouldn't have decided, what do I want? I'm going to go build a life that I want. And it's totally okay that you don't know what you want right now. Now is the time because you don't have your daughter with you because you're not living for somebody else right now for you to go out and explore. And step on some landmines and get a little banged up and go, oh, I don't want that. Like, I know I don't want that, you know. <laughs> but but then you're also going to step into these beautiful moments where you go, oh, fuck, I really want this. Like, I know I want this. This is jiving with me on such a, a deep level that I know this is something that I need to follow. You're being given the freedom to do that right now. So I know that there's some pain kind of woven throughout because being away from your daughter cannot be easy. Oh. But this is also a, a time for you to really dig deep within yourself, right? And get to know yourself and, and get to know those feelings that you're having a hard time accessing. And the reason that you're having a hard time accessing sadness and some of the more vulnerable feelings mm-hmm. is because you never had a space to be vulnerable in your entire life. True. Okay. Ever. Like I'm seeing it. It's, it was like you went from one damaging person to the next and the next to the next and the next. I was literally born in a toilet. Babe. My mom thought she had to crap. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, like, I just want to give you a hug. (laughs) And I, I mean that I mean that on like the most like empathetic, like compassionate, like, I just want to wrap you up in a hug and be like, fucking life has sucked. Right? Like, yes, life has sucked. But. You somehow have made it through all of that. And you've made it through all of that with this beautiful, fiery, like, I don't give a fuck personality. And that's because you have that warrior aspect, okay? I am very acutely aware of that because that's how I've gotten through my life. I've bulldozed through everything. Like, things that normally would have taken most people down, I just fucking bulldozed through it like it was a normal Tuesday. The problem with that is it'll catch up with you, though, which is what happened to you where you were like, I don't know who the fuck I am. Yeah, so how did you go from putting down your armor? Because it feels like I've been fighting for so long. I don't know any other way anymore. Well, you don't have to totally put down your armor. So so here's, Mm -hmm. there's a balance in this, right? 
life is still going to be shitty. Like, it's just the nature of this existence. When nobody gets out of this unscathed, nobody gets out of this without having some form of trauma. I Mm -hmm. I do feel, though, that to an extent, like, you worked out all of your shitty karma on the front end of your life, which I know, like, my soul chose to do that, too, right? Because I was like, man, like, why? Why has this been so much shit back to back to back? Yes, I couldn't trust my birth family. I couldn't trust dudes I dated. I couldn't trust friends. I couldn't trust authoritarian figures. I couldn't trust, like, any of these, like, whatever. I went through all of this shit. Exactly. I think it's because we're so impatient, okay? like. I actually think it's part of like the way that our soul works. Like, and, and I'm saying this as like a you and me both, like, cause I, I'm looking at this from a personal perspective, not necessarily just for you, mm-hmm. but I chose to go through all that shit because I wanted to just rip the bandaid off and get it over with. So I could have a nice life on the back end. So True. I feel like inherently when I'm looking at your energy and I'm looking at what's going on with you, that's what happened. You got all of your shitty karma out of the way so that then you could go through that dark night of the soul, that that stripping of everything so that you could mm. get to know yourself like as a soul, not as Nikki, the human being, as Nikki, the soul in a human body, having a human experience. And right well, now, I don't know if you uh, if you can resonate with this, but it feels like I'm on the cusp of something and that something big is going to happen yep. in the next couple of months. Yep. And uh, uh, I'm very hesitant and I'm very fearful to really believe in it and to trust it and embrace it. But I feel something is about to happen that it might bring some. I feel like you're reading my energy my right now, like literally. The thing is, and so my guides told me this the other day because I was having a moment of like, you guys keep saying all this good stuff is going to happen, but. Like, is it? Because it feels like it's taking fucking forever, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. But the thing is, it's going to happen in the timing it's going to happen in. And I, from my perspective in in where I'm at on my journey, right? So I'm just going to say mm-hmm. it from that. And also from my uncle's perspective, who's been at this for a very long time. Mm-hmm. We actually have very little free will here. We think we do, mm-hmm. but we really don't. We're playing out a role, like we're strapped into a roller coaster that's going to go its ups and downs, it's going to go its turns and whatever. And we don't really have a whole lot of control in it other than how we react to it. Do we scream with elation when we get to the top of to the top of it and it starts dropping out because we're like, "Holy fuck, something's happening." Or do we white knuckle it and go, "Fuck, something's happening," you know? Like <laughs> <laughs> That's the decision that we get to make. That's the freedom yeah. that we have is is how we react to it and the choices that we make around it. Do we surrender to the universe and go, I don't know what the fuck's coming, but I know I can't change it and I know I can't control it. So I'm just going to roll with it and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Or do we white knuckle it and make it a lot harder on ourselves trying to fucking get out of the, the roller coaster while it's going? Yeah. Right. Which just causes more pain because then you break limbs and shit because you're not supposed to get out of the car. So... <laughs> Like, that's how I see this, in, in all honesty. And I know that there's a lot of other people that go, no, it's where you're the you know, master of your domain and the master of your universe. No. And I honestly, from my experiences, do not believe that to be true. Okay. At least 80% or more is already defined yes. in your DNA. And yes. you basically cannot escape it because how you're going to respond is a very innate reaction. Mm-hmm. And uh it is something that is ingrained into your personality and it's not something that you can escape. Well, and sometimes those things change, right? Because your path or the roller coaster says you need to work on yourself and and then change these things so that you can have a better a better journey. Our souls have decided all of these things that happen to us, right? So it's really of like if you learn from them. 
So, and my dad gave me the funniest explanation of this. And I didn't understand it at the time because I was like 13 or 14 years old. And I was like, whatever, man. But, you know, now I'm at a place where I understand it. And he said that fate is like a, a straight line, right? And mm-hmm. free will where it interacts is like, we can take a zigzag left and a zigzag right, but eventually it's going to intersect with that straight line. Those are things yeah. that you can't control. Those are these master right. blowups. These are these karmic lessons that come in. You have to learn them. But yeah. the z- Well, you keep re- repeating the same mistakes until you learn from them, yes. unfortunately. Yes. And so the zigzag, when it intersects with the line, that's what we need to learn. But the straight line is the path of least resistance. It's, it's the path of least energy, right? And that's going in flow. And that's trying to release the fear around it of I've been through everything that one could possibly go through. Like I have been through the shit of the shit and I've made yeah. it through alive. So yeah. being fearful of it doesn't really do me any good because I'll just deal with it when it comes. Even if it's something good or something bad, I will deal with it because I always do. And having that real centering, that, that groundedness of I know I'll get through it. It might be a little painful. But I'll get through it because I've gotten through so much other shit in the past that, like, I know I can do this. I know I'm Xena Warrior Princess. All right. So the only thing is, uh, and I don't know if you resonate with this or not, but I do feel that um, I feel uncomfortable with the calm. So if my life is (laughs) feeling calm, it feels... It feels like I am pulling shit into my life just to get back to the excitement and the, the roller chaos. coaster and all of the. So, even if it's detrimental to me, I'm. I feel like whether I like it or not, I'm pulling stuff towards me just to make stuff happen. And uh, I feel I should stop doing this, but I don't really know how to. Okay. So yes, I don't resonate with that with where I'm at now, but yes, I have Mm -hmm. definitely done that in the past. I got to the point of where it was nice and calm and whatever. And then I went like, I just want to shake the shit up. Right. Because I was like, this is boring. This feels uncomfortable. Yeah, This is boring. I don't like it. Right. But yeah. So the way to master those periods of calm time where like nothing's really happening from the external is to go inside. Okay, Mm -hmm. so because if you start healing and you start working on yourself and you start doing your spiritual stuff and meditating every day and and doing the grounding techniques and taking, you know, baths and journaling and really trying to understand who you are and what it is that you want during those calm times, they won't feel so calm because you'll be going through all the emotional turmoil of of all Mm -hmm. the shit that's happened to you in the past. And then you'll have these amazing like peaks, right? Like you'll get to the top of the roller coaster where you go, aha, this is why this has been happening. This is who I really am. That's not who I am. And it's this beautiful, like exciting roller coaster internally that you have to go through. And the Mm. thing is, is that once you go through that roller coaster internally and you really do the work and you really buckle down on, I need to understand myself. I need to understand what is me and what is bad programming. And then mm-hmm. let go of that bad programming because I got a lesson out of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, the lesson I got out of my ex-husband is to stop fucking being attracted to narcissists, okay? <laughs> I got that lesson. I also got yeah. the lesson that I'm strong as fuck and I'm willing to say, no, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. Come hell or high water, like, me be damned, my life be damned. Like, I'm not fucking putting up with this anymore. You learned yeah. about your own strength. You learned a lesson from that, like a really yeah. beneficial one, right? So. Stop being manipulated. Yeah, stop being manipulated. Stop going towards what feels comfortable because what feels comfortable for you 
is a bunch of dysfunction because that's what you yes, grew up in. Yes, exactly. Okay, so if something feels familiar for you, run the fuck away from it. All right? Yes. Like, be like, I know what that is. I, I recognize that energy, and it's the same energy I just escaped from, so no, I'm not going to do that again. Uh. And then yeah. when something feels a little a little bit different and a little more calm and a little more like, oh, like that's new. Yeah, but it's it's kind of it sometimes feels kind of icky, like well, it's, I don't you're know. Uncom- this you're uncomfortable. This, yes. But you gotta get And I just wanna push it away. Yes. Let me get back to the But that's that's what's the... keeping you stuck though. So like that that yeah. calm whatever, like that feeling like, oh, I don't know, that's uncomfortable. I don't want to Embrace the fucking discomfort, right? Because the thing is, even when you think you're comfortable in those old relationships, you're you're uncomfortable because there's a ton of fucking toxicity in it. Yeah, but at least you know what's going to happen, so it's predictable. Uh, Yeah, but but do you do you really know what's going to happen? Because you just know chaos is going to happen. There you go. Yes, that's not good. Yeah, chaos (laughs) isn't chaos isn't great, right? Because chaos is what drives you into a whole bunch of destructive shit. Versus being uncomfortable because things are a little bit calmer and things are a little bit more predictable and whatever. You get to take all of that energy that you would put into managing the chaos into building your world. Right. But it's also about self-worth, you know. Somehow I feel I'm not worthy uh, of anything other than chaos and destruction. Okay. Look me in the eye right now. You are absolutely Mm -hmm. fucking worthy. Mm, thank you that that unworthiness yeah oh my god my whole body's tingling my guides are like get fucking angry about this because i need you to understand like it's not just you you're not the only one supporting you and understanding your self-worth like i'm here today fucking supporting you nick is supporting you there is a team of people you cannot see who are supporting you telling you how fucking worthy you are Mm -hmm. you inherently the moment you were born you were worthy whether you were born in a toilet or on the fucking penthouse suite of a fucking skyscraper you are worthy your choices, your existence in this world, they have purpose. Every fucking thing that you have ever decided to do has had a purpose. You are worthy. That is bad programming coming from shitty people in your life who felt that they weren't worthy and so they projected it onto you because they saw from a very, very young age for you that you were full of this light and this creativity and this vibrance, this fire, and all they wanted to do was extinguish it. Yes. That is not you. Okay, just because somebody tried to blow out your fucking candle 900 times does not mean Mm -hmm. that the candle isn't meant to burn bright as fuck. It is. You are meant Mm -hmm. to be fully you. Like you wouldn't have this crazy out there personality if you were meant to not be like, don't shrink because that Mm -hmm. that is ultimately what you're doing. You're not shrinking externally because you're very much loud and proud and and whatever, but you're shrinking internally. Yes. And you're shrinking internally because there's still a part of you that doesn't understand that those voices, like the ones that tell you that you're not, they're not you, they're your mom, they're your brother, they're your ex-husband. Yeah. They're not you. I mean, the, the loudest voice is my brother telling me, you were adopted, so you're not really my sister anyway, so it doesn't matter if I fuck you or not. My dad was uh, a drug user, and he accidentally overdosed when I was two, and my mom was schizophrenic and my grandparents were like no we don't want to fucking raise her let's just put her in an orphanage that's easier oh my god and then you got this family that was totally fucking dysfunctional and narcissistic 
Oh, honey. Yes, and my brothers was like, my brothers were like, we need to punish you because you took away our spot in the family. And yep. Suddenly, you are this little princess that everyone adores. So we need to hurt you because you are making us feel like shit. Okay, so you understand where that's coming from. You understand that yes. that it had nothing to do with you, and it had everything to do with their dynamic in the family. And Coming from a narcissistic like dynamic in the family, right? So let's talk about that first. And then we'll mm-hmm. talk about your brother and how his fucking despicable, vile behavior came about. But mm. in narcissistic families, I, are you familiar with like the actual psychological structure of that, of the golden child and the, um, the what is it, the island, the, the whipping post, the uh, island unto itself child. The scapegoat. The scapegoat. Are you familiar with all that? Uh, well, I don't know all of the details, but uh, I definitely experienced it. So, yeah, to a certain extent, I know. So Nick and I both come from narcissistic families, okay, with this, mm-hmm. with very similar dynamics. The The golden child is not always the golden child. And so – and sometimes they turn into the scapegoat or the island unto itself or the flying monkey. So kind of what I'm seeing happen was the brother that raped you – was the golden child before you came into the picture. He was put up on this pedestal yes. by mom and he was perfect and could do yes. no wrong. And he got all that he affection and everything. Prince. Yep. And so he started creating his entire identity around that because it feels so good when you're the golden child, right? Like you're lauded for being perfect and beautiful and, you know, my perfect little angel, whatever. And then, Well, it's actually worse because uh, his 10th birthday was coming up. And my mom pressured him and said, uh, you know, we want to get the, your little sister uh, there a little bit before your birthday. But of course, if she's there when it is your birthday, then all of the attention will go to her and not to you. So are you OK with that? And basically, he didn't have a choice to say no. So he felt pressure to say yes, but really he didn't want me there. And then he felt like, oh, I now need to punish her because she made me make this horrible decision that I never wanted. And basically, she is the source of all my problems. I totally get that because uh, one of my siblings told me repeatedly growing up that when my parents said that they were pregnant, that she was like, I don't want her. Like, I don't, you didn't ask me if I wanted a sibling. You didn't like, I don't want her. And because I am so much younger than my siblings, I'm like nine years younger than one and 12 years younger than the other one. I, yeah, me too. Yep. So I took that spot of, you know, the most, the most attention and the cutest and whatever. And so, yes. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it consciously, like, I don't think they were doing it consciously, but subconsciously, I got punished for that a lot too. So yes. I totally get that dynamic. But for your brother, I'm I'm trying to help you. It sounds like you kind of have an understanding of what's going on, but I'm trying to help you understand on a very deep level what that meant for him. He felt abandoned. He felt mm-hmm. abandoned and he felt like his entire identity got thrown away overnight. Right? Because yes. if he wasn't mommy's perfect little angel, who the fuck was he? And now nothing. Exactly. So yeah, he took that anger out on you and he punished you for it. And there was also some part of him that like actually weirdly, this is I think why it came out as sexual abuse. 
he, he weirdly like looked looked up to you even though he, you were his younger sister, right? Because you were the golden child and because everybody loved you and whatever. It was like, I want what she has. Yes. And so again, that had nothing to do with you, right? That was somebody trying to extinguish your light in order to relight theirs. And when mm-hmm. when you are this strong energy like you are, that's going to happen a lot. Like it happened to me throughout my entire life too. Okay. Mm. From best friends to boyfriends to teachers. Like I had teachers literally try and extinguish my flame. Mm. Like in school, right? Like, and so when I was shown actual empathy, it was like so alien to me that I almost didn't even know how to to process it. I was like, are you being nice to me because you want something from me or is this like real? Yes, exactly. I totally get it. I totally get it. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Like, it almost doesn't matter if the empathy that they're giving to you is real or not because you don't really need it. You know, you've survived all of this shit on your own. You don't really need anybody else. True. Okay. But you do need you and you need you to be authentic and you need you to feel your feelings and you need you to be able to really dive deep. Like, there's a, there's like an artificial shelf that you keep hitting and that's that anger, right? I feel anger and I feel elation and I want to go deeper, but I, I just can't fucking get yeah. through it. Yeah. And to open up to people because I feel like they're going to disappoint me at some point. So I need and to they may. keep up the wall. Yeah, but you know what? They may. They may disappoint you. People disappoint. I've disappointed Nick. Nick has disappointed me. Mm. And, and Nick is above and beyond the only person in my life that like really, truly at the core understands me. Okay, I I can say that 100 percent. The closest to that is probably my uncle. And next to that was my dad. Right. Who Mm -hmm. I had a pretty turbulent relationship with. I'm not going to lie. And he didn't really understand me all that well. Mm -hmm. But Nick, Nick understands me to the core. And even as well as he understands me and I understand him, we still disappoint each other. Mm -hmm. The difference is when someone disappoints you and goes, oh, fuck, I did not mean to do that. I'm so sorry. Like, I won't do that again. And they work on it to not do that again. Mm. That's where that release comes from, right? Because you realize Mm. like, oh, like we're all human and we all make mistakes. And it's okay for me to be kind of disappointed as long as this person recognizes that that disappointment is the result of their behavior and that they need to work on that part of them. Yeah. Okay. So you just haven't met someone yet who's willing to do that because you haven't met your soulmate yet. All right. Yeah, I've never met anyone who would be like, oh, I'm sorry. And not just the only stories I've ever gotten was I'm sorry you feel that way. Oh, my fucking God. I hate that. I hate that so yes. much. Oh, that's like that is triggering for me. When someone says that, that's the <laughs> yes. best way to get me to go from zero to a fucking 100, like immediately. Yes. I go from like, I'm trying to be understanding to fuck you. Right. Because what? Yes. Because all that that says is like, I'm not actually sorry. I'm just sorry that I'm having to deal with your emotions right now. True. Yes. So and and sometimes people, I think, don't really understand what they're saying. Like they'll say that and actually kind of mean it, but not really know <laughs> you know, what, yeah, what they're really yeah, yeah. trying to say is I'm sorry that I'm sorry I made you feel that way. But they're so hard on themselves internally that they have a hard time admitting that externally, because if they admit it externally, mm-hmm then they have to come to terms with that. And they might not be in a place where they're ready to come to terms with it. All right. So this kind of goes back to your mom of if she admitted that she birthed a monster, 
she'd have to look at herself as a mother and then she'd figure out she's narcissistic and then it would open up Pandora's box. So it was easier to tell you that you were making it up and you're misinterpreting things and he's just being loving. It's that same dynamic over and over and over again. This is part of a much bigger issue, which is your energy is, is, and I know that you said like my dark soul, right? And yeah, yes, you do have that duality in you, like, right? And I, and I totally get that because I do too. Like I have a very dark sense of humor, like things that normally make other people very uncomfortable are very comfortable for me. Like I don't have an issue yes. with the same kind of stuff, but you inherently are actually really light. Okay. Like your soul is actually really light. It's you've kind of built up that darker side of you and accepted it because of all the things that have happened to you. And and so you're comfortable in it, but inherently you are very bright. Like your energy is like a flashlight basically. And it puts intense spotlights on things. So just by the very nature of you being in people's lives and you being around, you're shining a light on them that they don't really want. They don't want to see all the the bumps and blemishes. Like everybody looks good in the dark, right? Mm. Like everyone looks good in low lighting, but when a spotlight is on you, you see all their imperfections, their big pores, their like all of that, right? Mm. That's what you do around people though, just just by existing. It's not something that you actually mean to do. And so mm. it makes people very uncomfortable because their everything is being seen. And how honest and open you are about everything is also very uncomfortable to people because most yes. people are inherently not very honest, right? They they hide stuff. Mm. They they don't want to admit to things. They don't want to see things. And so when you come around and then they can't hide those things anymore, they lash out at you because you were the change that made it so fucking uncomfortable for them. Okay. So it, yeah, I really get that. Yeah, I, I, I get really it too because that's me, right? Like when you say like you're my spirit animal, I, I totally fucking understand yes. you because I have that same dynamic on on like a major scale right and yes this this is also like a little bit before we started recording we talked about how like we're brutally honest and that's not always well received right no true that's part of this like i i you know for a while i was like why, why am i so brutally honest is it just i don't have a filter did i not develop some emotional awareness or situational awareness that i was supposed to develop what's wrong with me like you know nobody else is like this and everybody hates it so yeah. i need to change it yeah. but it's actually your superpower and it's why you were given that warrior aspect right because you are going to be met with people with their shields up. You are going to be fucking punched in the face for just existing. Yes. Because your yes. very existence makes people uncomfortable. That's not yes. your problem, though. People go out of their way to give their opinion about me when they don't even know me. And I'm like, why would you even make the time to let me know where when you could do other stuff am i the most interesting thing that's been happening to you all week that you feel the need yes. to tell me this yes because you disrupt their status quo you are mm. like an energetic wrecking ball i i i know you don't understand <laughs> that totally but you are and yeah. it's not you know the the wrecking ball just swings where it's supposed to swing it doesn't it's not controlling that the universe is the universe mm. brings you into yeah. people's lives to to force them to look at these things. And when they don't want to look at them, they lash mm. out at you. So just by you mm. coming into the room and being around someone who has shit that they don't that they don't want to look at, it bubbles to the surface because you either make them insecure or you say something that's triggering or just your confidence yeah. is triggering for them or, you know, and, mm. and the other thing is a lot of people will look at your 
your openness, right? Which is is funny because it, you, you're open to a point and then you're very closed off underneath it, right? Yes. But, true, true, true. But all they see is that openness and they're scared of yeah. openness because they can't be open. And so it's triggering for them because they're like, there's some part of their soul that's like, you need to be more like her. You need to be more authentically yes. yourself. You need to be more expressive. You need to speak your truth. And they're like, no, 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 no. I don't like that. I don't like that. And so then they go after you for it. Okay. Uh-uh. So I, I, I'm, I'm sharing all of this stuff with you because from a soul level, you have to understand your purpose here. Your purpose is to make people uncomfortable and inherently, Good. but inherently that is going to mean that you get a lot of people throwing blows your way. And so mm. that's where I, I, I'm kind of going back to the, the shielding thing, right? Like don't put down your shield. Don't, don't just walk around, take all your armor off and be like, I'm here to be screwed up. You know, like, yes, fuck me in the ass, baby. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because that's what's going to happen if you do that. So your armor, yes. embrace your warrior, right? Your warrior is not only your defensive aspect, but it's also what is going to cause change in your world. The balance mm-hmm. of that, though, is that the warrior is protecting that beautiful, sweet heart inside of you that is dying to get out. And love people to its full uh, like ability because kind of what I'm seeing is like your heart is like this is the images that my my guides are giving me. Your heart is like in a whole bunch of chains, and it just keeps yes. like beating because it just wants to break free of these chains, but it can't. No, and so but I mean when I when I do meet someone and I feel okay, I'm just going to open up a little bit and give just a little bit and see how it goes. And they immediately go like, oh, fuck, no, I feel overwhelmed. Get the fuck away from me. This is not working okay. for me. And I'm like, but that's not you. Why? I'm, no, but that's not you. It's not the, yeah. That's not you. And I, I need you to understand rejection is protection. Their reaction to that means that they are not a good fit for you. It's just an incompatibility. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you. It means that you are too much for them. Okay. Yeah. And the, the thing about that is, is for someone, you won't be too much. All right. Mm, I wasn't too hopefully. much for Nick and I am a fucking lot. Okay. Even before uh-huh. I had the spiritual awakening, I was a lot. And I am very intimidating for people because like, yeah, I moved out of the house when I was a, a, still in my teens. I mm. have had a whole bunch of adult jobs. Right. I like I have pretty much lived life by my own fucking whatever this entire time. So that was very intimidating for people. I worked in an industry where everyone who was like on my level or, you know, one step above was like 30 years older than me. Like everyone was like this hmm. stupid young girl, you know, even though I knew a lot more about this stuff than they yeah, did. Yeah, I know. So I, to- I totally get it. I totally get that whole like everywhere I step, everyone seems to hate me. And so obviously there's something wrong with yes. me. It's not you. Yes. But also, I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I also feel that there's there are a lot of people that feel entitled to me, entitled to my attention, entitled to my talent, yes. entitled to my time. And when I tell them just normally, like, no, I cannot be there for everyone, then they suddenly feel offended or attacked and they feel I need to punish you because you're not giving me what I want. Yes. I totally right. <laughs> I'm I'm laughing and like Nick is also probably like oh my god because he hears me rage about this like fairly regularly. Nah, not rage, but yeah. Yeah, I complain about it, right? Of like, oh my god, yeah. people just come and dump their shit on me. They don't even ask me how I'm doing. Yes. Like, yeah. They don't they they don't even care about the pleasantries of trying to even make it look like they give a fuck about me. It's just like I you're my therapist. True. 
Yes. All the time. All the time. Yes. I like you, so therefore you have to be there for me and be exactly what I want you to be. And if not, you're a fucking bitch, so go and die. Yeah. So I I already did one podcast where I explained this, but I'm going to do it again because you have the same dynamic that she had that I have. And, and you're much more uh, energetically or vibrationally aligned to kind of how I am as far as like you have that other warrior aspect that's very intense in you. Yeah. When you shine bright like the sun, people are inherently mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, warmth, that feels amazing, right? Because they've never gotten that from anybody else. They've never had people that are honest that like will be brutally honest with them and still love them for it afterward. Because I get that sense that you yeah. do do that. You're very accepting of people's bullshit up to a point. Yeah. Okay. But that's why they they feel entitled. It's it's that they're like, oh, they're kind of addicted to it, right? It's like, oh, this makes me feel good. This makes me feel good. Oh, her light feels great. Oh, I love it. And then when you're around for too much and you start like they fly a little too close to the sun, they get fucking burned. Mm. And then it's painful mm. for them. And then they're mad at you and they lash out because it's like, well, this wasn't warm anymore. This hurt because I burned myself, you know, like, yes. So that's them lashing out. And it's not your fault. Just like it's not the sun's fault that we get sunburns. It's our fault for not knowing when to back off. Yeah. Okay. So if they lash out at you, just see it as the same as like someone being angry at the sun for getting sunburned. Like it's ridiculous. Okay. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, so if they start being ridiculous about it of like, well, I feel fucking entitled and you're not doing what I want, I think I would just say like, hey, you know what? I think we need to take some space and then just cut them off. Like, you're going to have to get very comfortable with that. And I'm about to drop something on you that may be pretty uncomfortable to hear, but I want you to get comfortable with it. Okay, give it to me. You're not meant to have a tribe of people. Okay, that makes sense. Your energy will not allow for that. You may have a few people that come into your world that can stick around who also have very bright light energy who are comfortable with it and like they don't end up getting burned because they themselves are brighter. But you're not meant to be a part of the herd. You are not meant to be like a a sheep. You are meant to be a lone wolf that then maybe finds another Mm -hmm. lone wolf and then they have a little wolf pack and that's it. But a lot of your damage has come from you thinking that you needed to fit into the herd for safety because things were so dangerous for you. But the thing is, for people like us who have these, I call them like the the lone wolf or the maverick paths where we're supposed to go and kind of be off on our own, is when we step into a herd, the herd goes, oh, fuck, a wolf, and freaks out. Yeah. Even though you're the wolf that's protecting that pack, like you just want to hang out with them. They go, oh, fuck, a wolf, and then they start like charging you, all of them, because they're like, danger, 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 danger. They don't understand that you were actually there to kind of help them or protect them or or help them understand where they needed to go next. That You were hurting them. Yeah. Like. Well, the the funny thing is that there are a a lot of people that are kind of on the sideline of my life and they want to look into what I'm doing and they're very interested, but they don't want to engage with me for some reason. (laughs) And I'm like. What the fuck do you even care what I'm doing if you don't want to be an actual part of my life? Go fuck off and do your own thing. I get that. Why even bother with me? I get that. I have a lot of people that kind of, I call them voyeurs, right? Yes. So I've had that too my, and for most of my life, actually, of, of people are just like, well, what's she up to next? And it's just because. Yes. So don't take that so negatively. Yeah, some some people don't have good intentions when they're doing that because it's like, oh, is she going to fuck up? Like, And you're like, oh, go fuck yourself. Grow up. But 
Yes. A lot of those people are actually doing it out of admiration and the fact that like they know they can't fly too close to the sun. They know they'll get burned. Mm-hmm. They're smart enough to go, I can't fucking handle that. I'm interested and I'm drawn to it, but I can't fucking yeah. handle that. And also I am seeing that you're like you're very inspirational to a lot of people, whether you believe it or not, because they see mm-hmm. you as this like free soul. Okay. Yeah. Well, I do get a lot of, oh, I can't believe that you're doing that and that you're brave enough to uh, take that on you. I could never do that, blah, you, blah, blah. Those that people are thing. inspired by you. That's inspiration. Mm. But they're smart enough to know that they can't they can't get close to you because if they do, it's going to hurt. Okay? So yeah. understand that they're not, there's not always malicious intent with voyeurs. Sometimes it really is just like, maybe I'll catch a vibe if I hang out close enough, but I don't want to be too close, you know, because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so sometimes it's that. Sure. Sometimes it is people who have realized that they lost a, a a good aspect in their life when they fucked you over. Yeah. Okay. And it starts off as malicious, like, oh, I'm going to watch her fucking fall. And then when you don't fall and you continue to move on with your life and continue to rise, they're sitting on the yeah. sidelines going, fuck, I thought she was going to fail. Maybe I'm the yeah. asshole. And then they start they start looking at it. Okay. So. This is all a part of having that bright, shine a light on it energy, okay? Like, Mm. and to some extent, and this is going to, I don't know how to say this without this sounding like kind of crazy, like proselytizing, but a lot of people call people with this energy the chosen ones, okay? And it's not necessarily like that you're chosen. It's that you're a college age soul living in an elementary school existence, Mm. You've been here before. You've been here before many, many, many times. And that's why your soul has chosen a fucking expert mode path. Okay. And the expert mode is a ton of damage. It's people not fitting in. It's people being angry at you for being you. It's people lashing out at you because of their own shit. It's it's that over and over and over and over again. And the expert mode on this, like it's like playing a video game. Easy mode are the people that have totally like kind of like not, you know, pretty easy lives. They don't really go through a whole lot, but it's kind of boring and and whatever. And they have like ev- things every once in a while that'll come up that are kind of hard, but they're just normal human things. All right. That's that's easy yes. mode. Medium mode or or like advanced mode is, wow, I, I have some pretty big things that come up, but I have these long gaps where I can really process it and like sit down with it and understand what this is. Expert yeah. mode is like bullshit, 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 explosion. <laughs> Sit with it for a little bit. Okay. Bullshit, 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 explosion. Sit yes. with it for a little bit. It That's expert Let's mode. Let's go again. Exactly. Yeah. So understanding that though of your soul at least has been down mm-hmm. here enough times to choose expert mode. Mm-hmm. Trust that and have some faith in yourself, right? Like really be like, I am worthy. I'm worthy. I'm so worthy that my soul chose the most fucked up path possible. It chose expert yes. mode. It chose to put me up against the worst things that I can go through in this existence because that's the level that I'm at where I need to learn from those things. Yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time, I don't care about money. I don't care about things. I just want to have a lot of interesting experiences and meet a lot of interesting people. And people generally cannot relate to that and like, that doesn't make any sense. Because that's why would you That's a college yeah. level perspective. So like a college level soul perspective. Mm. And this is a fourth grade existence. Okay? Yeah. So the college level perspective on this is I realize my soul realizes or some part of me inherently realizes 
that I'm an existent. I'm in an existence that's just a learning existence. I'm here to learn and experience mm. and grow. Yes. Middle middle school and and elementary school level souls go. I'm here to gain money. I'm here to birth things. I'm here to leave my mark on the world. I'm here to take this way too fucking seriously. Like yeah. I, I'm here to experience all the external shit. And and I see it a lot in the spiritual community. Actually, like you can see who the college level souls are, who the middle school souls are and who the, the child souls are. Right. The child souls are all. F- I just want stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> More the stuff. Child, the same stuff the child, as other people have. Exactly. The child level yeah. sco- souls are fixated on money and looks and, you know, like I, how to, you know, find manifest my soulmate in two days. Like it's those souls, yes. right? Those are, those are the elementary school souls. The middle school souls tend to be people who are like, I'm still very fixated on money and whatnot because I understand that I live in an existence that needs money. Um, But I'm also kind of interested in understanding why I'm here. Like, what's my purpose for being here? The college level souls are like, why the fuck am I here? Okay, because I've been through so much shit at this point in my life that like I need to know my purpose so that I can fulfill it so that I can leave here knowing that I, I finished the mission and I don't have to come back if I don't want to. Oh, yes. Okay. So, like I said, all of that resonated with you because you are a college level soul living in mm-hmm. a elementary school existence. So, stop being angry at the kids for punching you in the legs <laughs> during recess because you're telling them that they shouldn't be doing something. Okay. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, now, yeah, now yeah, that you yeah. kind of understand I totally that, get it. that's why you don't fit yeah. in, though. Like, can you imagine being like, 22 years old and trying to hang out with a fourth grader and trying to relate to them like on a everything basis like you're not going to relate to those people so some of your issue is is that you haven't seen yourself clearly enough to realize i'm so fucking different from other people like i'm living in an entirely different existence than these people because they're seeing it through this much lower frequency than i am Mm, that makes sense. yeah so that's why that's why you feel like you can't connect with people and like you can't trust them is because they they don't get you. They can't. Yeah. You're you're like trying to explain calculus to a kindergartner. They're going to be like, "What the fuck are oh. you talking about?" Yeah. Okay, but let's go back back to Play-Doh. Exactly. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes it is nice to connect with them and go, "Let's play with Play-Doh." Like, mm-hmm. I remember being in that existence. We can have some shallow shit. Like that's fun. Those are the going out and partying friends, right? Like those are the let's yes. go get fucked up. Let's go to the club like you know, you're in Amsterdam, so let's go do mushrooms. Let's go smoke pot. Like, let's go to the Van Gogh Museum fucked up out of our mind. Let's go do those things. Yeah. That's how you can connect with those souls. But when it comes down to being vulnerable and sharing your internal stuff with people, you have to make sure that's another college level soul because they're not mm. going to get it. And it is going to be overwhelming because you're like, hey, calculus. And they're like, Play-Doh, you know, it's just <laughs> that's why they get okay, so that's why they get overwhelmed. It's not to- you. I need your advice on something. So a friend of mine, she said that she, well, not a friend, friend, more like an acquaintance. She said that she could arrange some LSD for me. Okay. And I've been thinking about it. And I think maybe because I can talk until I'm blue in the face and it doesn't really change anything. So I thought maybe if I use something like LSD, that kind of, unlocks certain things inside me and I can maybe dig deeper. So would you think that is a good idea or would you 
be like, no, you should stay away from that shit. So I have, this is really weird that you brought this up because literally like 10 minutes before we came down to record this, I was talking about psychedelics with Nick. Um, Because I have a kind of unpopular opinion on psychedelics, but it's it's honest to God the truth from what I've seen, both with me and with other people. Psychedelics are good for people who want to be able to like touch other frequencies like they want to be able to Mm -hmm. like temporarily nullify their shadow so that they can experience Mm -hmm. like oh i'm one with the trees i'm one with whatever but it doesn't actually unlock anything it just mutes everything for a minute right it's like hitting mute on your your music so that you can hear everything else afterward some people take that and and i think it's a very rare soul who probably could have gotten to this point anyway but they they do it and then they have this kind of like aha moment of, oh, wow, there's more out there. And then that gets them started yeah. on their spiritual path. But you're yeah. already on your like it's psychedelics for me are spiritual bypassing. People swear by them mm-hmm. and whatever. But every person I've ever met who's like mushrooms changed my life are not actually changed. They're just yeah, yeah. doing the same old shit, but with drugs added to it to mute it so that they can actually do some of the work. And if you're willing to do the work, uh. that's fine. However. In my experience, I don't really like taking mushrooms or psychedelics of any kind to have a spiritual experience or to grow Yeah, because it's like taking pharmaceuticals. Like it's like taking an anti-anxiety medication rather than addressing your anxiety. So if you're going to take the anti-anxiety medication to address your anxiety so that then you can work through the problems, then it has a purpose, right? That's a functional tool. But if you're taking it just to like not have to work through that stuff as like an easy mode, it doesn't work that way. Just like with pharmaceuticals, when you come off of it for long enough, you're going to go right back to where you were because all you were doing was masking something. So, yes, you can talk yourself until you're blue in the face. You're not going to like my answer on this, but you need to fucking meditate and you need to meditate in silence, not guided ones, not other people telling you thoughts to think of. You need to sit with yourself and sit with your energy and just let your brain go fucking nuts. Yeah, but that's the thing. I'm very visual. So whenever I try to meditate, I get all these images in my mind and then they have to get out. So I need to start drawing and I need to get this, these pictures out of me because it drives me insane if I don't do it. They don't need to get out though. So that's what meditation is, is sitting back and watching the visuals come up for fucking two hours if that's what it takes. And just watching them and letting them come and then pass and then come and then pass. Essentially, what you're doing is you're letting your brain and your ego and your trauma just be like nonstop until it just gets so fucking exhausted that it goes. And then it's quiet. But yeah. And then also when I when my brain feels bored, it goes to sex automatically. Let it let your brain do what it does and just observe them, because what you're what you're trying to do during a meditation is understand that your your thoughts are not you, that you're an observer of your thoughts and you're just watching them come up and go away and you're going, wow, my brain is really busy with a lot of shit and what keeps coming up is sex. Okay, so I probably have some dysfunction around sex. Okay, that's probably related to the fact that I was raped when I was younger. That's probably what I really need to look at. And then because yeah. you're so spiritual and you do tarot readings and stuff, that's when you ask yeah. your guides. Help me work through this. What did I need to learn out of that experience as a soul? 
And then sit with it and wait for the universe to answer you. Wait for it to come up in – because you'll notice this, and this has happened to me multiple times. I'll ask for help with something. Oh, my God. And then I'll go through a fucking dark night of the soul like no other, right? Because they're like – sub. there's something subconscious in there. And so I have to go through this regurgitation process for it to come up and come out. And it's painful. I'm not going to lie. This is not an easy process. There's no – there's no easy way. The only way to get out of it is through it. Mm. Okay. So you got to sit with it. You got to feel those feelings. You got to be angry and you got to be so angry that you punch and cry and scream into a pillow until all of a sudden that anger turns into sadness because you've worn through the anger long enough. Yeah. 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 Find a way to fully express your anger. Let it unleash yeah, yeah, yeah. fully. Like I'm talking go mm. insane, not on other people. Like I don't. <laughs> I, I'm sure that you guys have these, but you have I, – and I suggested this to one of our other guests, but do you guys have a, a thing called a break room where you can go in and just, like, beat the shit out of stuff and break it? Uh, yeah, probably. I think they have something like that. I mean, they have a lot of escape rooms, so they must have something where you can just smash. Them. Yeah, so it, either that or get into martial arts or something where you can take that rage and focus it and unleash all of it. Like, get it all out of your system. Well, I don't know if you experience the same thing, but with me, it usually goes to stupid people, trigger irritation, and then the anger gets out. Yeah, so, but that's your internal anger being projected on external stuff. So, yeah, and that's also patience, you know, I cannot, uh, when someone says something stupid, I cannot not say anything and i need to kind of lash out at them for and punish them for their stupidity okay but hear me out stupidity has a purpose in this existence Mm. so you're still getting frustrated by other people's behaviors and you've got (laughs) to stop getting angry at the fucking elementary school students you are right. I should. Well, you're going to have to understand that. So when somebody, when that comes up and they say something stupid, be like, would I get angry at a kid for saying this? That is a good, that's very helpful, actually. That's that's how I've started working through this because I had some people that were very damaging in my life and I took it personally, right? Like we all, mm-hmm. the ego takes everything personally. And I took it personally yes. and I it really fucking, it messed with me for a while. And I thought, why would they act like this? Like, why are they doing this? Why are they gang stalking my fucking Facebook page? Why are they talking shit about me? Yes. Like, why are they mocking me for something that they've had like ample evidence of? Like, what the fuck? Oh, yes. Especially that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I. And having to explain the same shit over and over again. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yep. You, I, I totally get you. So. Yes. I went through this, though, and I'm hoping that me going through this will help you kind of understand some of how I got through it, at least. Mm -hmm. So when I realized, oh, my God, I'm getting angry at a baby for pooping itself. I'm getting angry at young souls who are in very low vibrations for being in low vibration and being young souls. It's like getting mad at the sun for shining or getting angry at the rain you know, at, at the clouds for raining, like it's just what they do. And, and it really doesn't have any impact on you. Yeah. They can be stupid and it sucks. And yeah, they're going to ask you to, the same thing over and over again. That's when you have to decide, do I want this person in my life still? Is there, am I getting anything out of this person being in my life or am I just getting a lot of frustration and I'm having to repeat myself over and over again? Like what's the, what am I getting out of them being in my world? If they don't add happiness, Mm -hmm. if they don't add some element of growth to your world, if they don't give you anything 
and they just take or they just frustrate you or whatever. Don't keep them in your world. Get rid of them. Yeah, let's uh, Marie Kondo the shit out of the people in your life. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I tell people that all the time. Marie Kondo totally works or Kondo. I Kondo. She totally works. That whole process totally works when you look at people in your life. And the reason that we keep people around in our life who are, are frustrating and irritating and don't really add anything to our life is because our ego get atta- gets attached to them because our... Well, that's not, not necessarily. It's just habitual. Well, They've been there forever. But that's, that's and attachment. You're used to it. That's attachment. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Your ego gets attached to them. Yeah. Of like, this is comfortable. But in yes. the end... It's better for you to be alone and for you to remove those people out of your life because it opens up space for people, college students, to come into your world in their place. When the whole table is filled up with a bunch of elementary school students, there's no place for college students to sit. And college students inherently Mm. take up more fucking space. That's why you get less of them. Right? You take up a ton of space. I take up a ton of space. Some of the people we've had on this podcast take up a ton of space and we've been villainized for it our entire lives by children because they're like you're taking up three seats well i could sit three fucking kids at this table okay but i take up more space because i have a different purpose so yes you've got to start letting go of anybody murray kondo your entire life right look at it and be like if this doesn't bring me joy it's not meant for me and for some people you can you can say like yeah you can be in my life but like i'm not letting you in in my inner circle my inner circle anymore you're not entitled to my time you're not entitled to making me your therapist i'm not going to repeat the same thing over and over and over and over and over again to you yeah i'm not going to yes! i'm not going to have you come to me for help under like really you're just venting to me and then i explain what you need to do to help yourself and then you come back the next week and you haven't even fucking tried it like i'm not doing that anymore it's a you're a fucking drain or on my energy or doing the exact opposite yep you're a dr- you told me to do it and you're full of crap <laughs> because you don't know shit. So I'm going to do the exact opposite, even though whatever you were saying makes perfect sense to me. Yep. And then everything that you told them was going to happen happens. And then they come back and they yes. go, fucking I burned myself on the stove. Will you bandage me up? And you're like, fuck you. No. Yes. Okay. Yes. That's fine. You don't have to keep people like that in your life. Nobody's telling you you have to keep them. Your ego is telling you you need to keep them. But your ego True. is. Also, who's telling you that what's what's familiar is what you should go to when what's familiar for you is fucked up and damaging. Yeah. Stop listening to your ego. So that's the big point of meditation. And that's why I'm saying above and beyond psychedelics and anything else that you can do, meditate. Because once you start seeing the thoughts of the ego coming up, like those images over and over and over again, and how insane and repetitive they are, you'll start being like, Oh my God, my ego is something totally separate from me. Oh my God. And then you're going to stop listening to it as much because it'll come up and you'll go, yeah, I had that thought in meditation yesterday. That's my ego. No, I am not going to fucking be around this person just because they're comfortable. Yeah. Your ego, by the way, is also who really doesn't like uncomfortable things and becomes very fearful with change. So Mm. when you start addressing your ego and you start really meditating and buckling down on that and doing the grounding work and sitting with yourself and being like, I am a fucking divine being trapped in a human body. Like, I'm not my ego. I'm not, you know, Nikki, the the little girl that got raped. I'm not Nikki, the little girl that uh, everybody was shitty to, but then simultaneously said was the greatest girl in the entire world. So it was this like weird extremism that I had to live between always trying to be so perfect for everyone else because I needed to be this cute little doll like you're not that 
you are not that. That was a role that you were placed into by people when you didn't have the ability to choose your own role. But now you're an adult. So you need to let go of all those parts that you've played and been like, that was a part that I played. That was a role that I played. I have some excess damage that I need to address, but that is not inherently who I am. Who I am is Nikki, the divine being goddess who is trapped inside a human body who has just had some shit happen. They were just things that happened to me and they don't have to dictate Uh my future. I get to dictate my future. I now get to figure out what I want. I get to live for me. You know, and I am feeling your energy. And so what your energy is telling me you want is freedom, creativity, love, and to be a good mom. That is literally what I'm seeing in all of that. The money aspect will come along with it just because you're being you. And the universe supports college-age souls if we're serving our purpose. So accepting the fact that you're a college-age student who shines a fucking flashlight on dark things that people don't want to look at and that it's going to make them angry that that's part of your purpose. It will make it less irritating when they punch back because you'll be like, this fucking kindergartner just punched me in the leg. What a little shit. And then you'll move on with your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The, the punches don't hurt as much as much once you understand that dynamic and you really sit with it and you understand why you're here. Because I still have people punch me for like stuff that I say to them. I'll say something that's a little too honest and they get fucking upset and they'll lash out at me. And I'm like, previously, I would have taken it super personally and been like, oh, my God, I tried I tried to help them and they punched me in the face. And now I just put my hand up and I'm like, nope, nope. You keep your fucking fists over there, you fucking child. Yeah. Like, stop it. And then I let go of it. Well, it's so it's it's not only that. It is also sometimes you meet people and uh, my mind goes very fast. So I meet them and then I already have this whole story how the relationship is going to develop. And then it's basically I don't want to let go of this fairy tale that I have created for myself and I feel if I just remain patient then uh, it will appear if I work on it hard enough and uh, then at some point I find out that no I need to let go of this story because it's never going to happen because I'm not the only one influencing this and the other person is not working right uh, and is not making the effort so just fucking let go and move on and uh, okay so it's good it's good eight billion people out there so yeah it's good that you get to that point but I'm gonna share something with you because on the front end stave that off right like so on the front end, that's your ego making up these stories, these fairy tales for you. And it's it, it's doing yeah. that because it's a trauma response. That comes from mm. you being a little girl and wanting to be this princess that lives in this fairy tale rather than the princess that's locked in the fucking dungeon by her evil mom and evil brothers and whatever. That's yes. it. That is definitely a function of the ego. The ego like will be like, oh, she's scared. Oh, she doesn't want to do anything else. So I'm, I'm going to build this fairy tale in my head so that I keep hope. Okay. Yes. So on the front end of that, when you start, again, meditation will help a lot with this. The more that you understand what's your ego and what's you, the more these things will stop because you'll be like, shut up, ego. Like, oh, I'm starting to build a fairy tale in my head. Well, why the fuck do I think this fairy tale is going to happen? Like, I I don't know. I don't have any proof of that. And why am I so attached to that outcome? Because maybe it's something totally beautiful. Maybe it's something way better than that. Or maybe this person just isn't fucking worth like worth it for me because when you build up that fairy tale in your head, guess what you do? You ignore all of the red flags that come up. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but then I think, oh, I'm just too impatient and that's why it's not working. I just need to practice a bit more patience no. and then the outcome will happen. I mean, but maybe, no. maybe if you're not seeing those red flags coming up. But when you start seeing those red flags, when things start becoming damaging yeah. for you, tr- see people for who they are when they show you the first time. I am willing yeah. to bet because you and I seem to be very similar that this happens to you a lot where you get this feeling about someone, yes. they do something, it irritates you at the core. You can feel it. You're like, yes. why the fuck did they do that? Ugh. And then you're like, oh, I just need to let that go. I- I'm being unfair to them. And yes. then you let it go. And then it turns out at the yes. very end when it blows up, that red flag that got to you in the first place was the exact same thing that blew up the relationship. Yeah, Start yeah, trusting true. that you're seeing who they are the first time when they show you. They don't need to show you five million times. True. Okay. I get it. I totally get it because I am like the queen of doing that, right? And, and it, comes, it comes from a good place, at least for me. It comes with good intentions, which is I don't like when people, you know, judge me off of a mistake that I've made. And so I don't want to do that to other yeah. people. The difference yeah, you is them too many chances and they just let you down time and time again. Yeah, but the difference is when you make a mistake, do you not own up to it and go, oh, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah. I never am afraid to admit that I'm wrong and I'm always open to other people. Have you tried this? And yep. then I try it and then decide for myself, okay, this works or it doesn't work. So that's who you're looking for. You are looking for people mm. that when they fuck up, and you say, hey, you fucked up. You did this thing I don't like. They go, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I'll work on that. That Those yeah. are the people that you keep giving more and more chances to. If you start seeing that they do work on themselves, that that when you say that, like, yeah, they might do it one or two more times, but they, they catch it quicker or you're seeing some yeah. level of improvement. Those are the people to mm-hmm. be patient with. But the people that make mistakes and then you go, hey, I didn't like this. And then they go, oh, yeah, my bad. Or sorry that you feel that way. Or, oh, yes. Or, oh, I'm sorry. But then they don't change anything and they're not actively working on themselves. And they they won't even have a conversation with you about like, I realize I fucked up. Like they're not even willing to engage you on it to, to try and understand it or work through it. Those are people you can't be with long term because they're not going to change. Yeah. And or fucking gaslight you and oh, yeah. say, uh, you are the problem. It's not me. Yep. And and honestly, sometimes they might be right. Sometimes we are the problem. OK, but mm. if you're honest enough with yourself to go, am I the problem? And you sit with that and you go, no, nah, I'm not the fucking problem. And you tell them, no, nah, yeah. I'm not the problem. I thought about it. You're still the problem. And then and yeah. then they're not willing. Still you. Exactly. And then they're not willing to sit with it and go, oh, fuck, I am the problem. Cut those people loose. Yeah. That do not waste your time and energy yeah, yeah. on those because you're watering seeds that aren't going to grow. Mm. And you need that water to help seeds that will grow, to help those people in your life mm. that come into your life who are great, who may have bad programming and damage, just like you and I do, who look at it and go, mm. I, I want to be better. Like, I don't like yeah. those parts of myself. I, I want to be better. Those are the mm. people that you invest that time and love and energy into. So right now where you're at is your ego is so attached to, but I can see the potential. I can see that story rather than I see them for who they are right now. And ultimately you have to make decisions based off of who they are right now because who they could be is completely fucking immaterial because they may never be that person. Yeah, I know that believe me, this is like, if I shared with you how many times I stepped on that landmine, we would be here for five fucking hours. Yeah, I mean, you have to 
believe in what people show you and not believe in what you think they might be able to become. Yeah, or or right? even what they tell you because a lot of times people will tell yeah. you one thing and then totally be something else. And it's not mm. They're not doing it on purpose. Is that they're not aware enough of themselves to be honest? Okay, so like that's kind of yeah. where I I'm going back to stop being angry at people or stop being frustrated with them for mm. for being the way that they are because they're stunted because they can't help it in some cases and in some in some cases on a bigger perspective they're not meant to like yeah but uh, I feel it's uh, so strange that so many people actually believe their own bullshit. And I'm like, can't you see? <laughs> it's clear as day. Okay. Of course. You ready? It's bullshit. Yeah, but here's like, here's a truth bomb coming in because you say that, but okay. then I'm sitting here telling you that you're believing shit that your ego is telling you that is not true, that you are worthy, mm. that you aren't an imposter, that you are this beautiful light that's meant to shine, you know, shine brightly and be your own thing. You're still believing mm. your own bullshit too. We all do. The thing is, that's true. you're yeah. just more aware because you're that college level soul. You're more aware of like mm. the, the surface shit. They're just not at a point mm. where they can even understand the surface shit yet. Again, going back to the school metaphor, you're learning advanced calculus. They're not even aware of algebra yet. So when you're like, how can you not understand uh. calculus? Fundamentally, they don't have the foundational things to be able to do that because they're just not there yet. Yeah. And it could be because they're a young soul who literally like their actual soul, their actual energy wasn't put into form until very recently. So on their on their old, you know, their their overall soul path, they're just starting here and you're way the fuck over here. All right. You can't expect someone who hasn't had the experiences that you've had or had the lifetimes that you've had or had the the opportunities to grow that you've had to grow that quickly. They might not be able to do it. And then they feel bad because they're like, well, why am I not like her? She's saying I should mm. be like her, that I, I should be more aware of these things, but I just don't know how. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's another thing. I find that a lot of people have difficulty resonating with me and my experiences and they don't really know what to say. And they. Because you're a college level soul. Like. Yeah. And then I just make them feel uncomfortable. Right. But like, look at what just happened with you and me. So like you said, like I was raped by my, my brother. I guarantee you that most people yeah. react to that with, oh my God. You know, like they have this yeah. visceral. I didn't react to that because I have seen so much shit in my life that that's just part of life. You and I resonate yeah. because we're both college level souls. So mm. that's what I'm saying. Like at the point that you accept, I am different. I am fundamentally different than most of the souls that I am interacting with on this planet. Your life will get a lot easier because you'll be like, I'm getting mad at a baby for pooping itself. Uh, yeah. You know? Well, yeah, this is really very helpful. I, I feel finally I'm able to talk to someone who understands and who can actually actually give me some advice that will help because even in therapy i've had therapists tell me oh your life literally sounds like a movie and i'm like uh, <laughs> how is this going to help me I, I have been told that several times in my life okay so yeah like, you should write a book your life should be a movie and i'm like <laughs> no like no fuck no yeah so i, I this is not for your entertainment. Exactly. This is this is shit I'm having to live through. Like this isn't some like yes. like far off tale. This is shit that has happened to me that I've had to deal with. I've had to live with. I've had to work through. And and a lot of it's yes. very damaging, right? I'm sure that you've also had mm -hmm. some very bright points in your life too because that's usually what comes along with this. So 
understanding that though stop going to elementary school people to try and be seen they cannot see you they physically cannot yes. see you and it's not their fault okay and it's not yes. your fault it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you it means that you guys are literally living in completely different realities and when you talk to them about your reality it's gonna sound insane to them yeah this happened my entire life and, I, and i'm sure that this probably happened to you too because again like i resonate with you on this crazy level Yes. So, and I kind of, <laughs> I knew it from the second that like you said hi. I was like, there's something in your voice. I was like, I know this woman. I feel like I've known you from a past life. And I'm not saying that Good. like on some like, oh, we're soul sisters. Like, I love you. Oh, like, let's be yeah. BFFs. I'm saying that on like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I feel like you and I have, have either, our paths are either so similar that I resonate with your energy on that level, or perhaps we have had a past life together where we had the same moment of, oh, fuck, you get me and I get you. Okay, I, I see you. Yeah. I, I need you to understand that people, you will be so alien to people. Your life experiences will be so alien to people that they will literally think you're lying about your life experiences. True. I have had so many people tell me when I first met you, I thought that you were full of shit when you told me all of your, your life experiences because I was like, no way. Like, she's full of shit. I, I've been through, like, all these different things. And um, when I share these, exper like, these experiences I've had with people of, like, hey, I had a near-death experience where I died for a little bit or I don't have a voice that talks in my brain. Like, that's just not normal for me. Everyone thinks I'm full of shit because I'm so different than what they're used to that they're like, no, nah, there's no way that that's real. And then mm. these very same people, when they spend time with me over time, they're like, oh, my God, weird as fuck shit only happens when you're around. All of these. Yeah. Or they feel overwhelmed when you tell them shit. They're like, oh, my God, I don't know how to handle yeah. this. This is, seems like a lot. Well, some of that for you is like, I think you share your trauma with people. And that trauma is so much bigger than their trauma that they're already overwhelmed yeah. with that they're like, yeah. Oh my god, like I don't even know how to react to that. That that's what I meant by yeah, yeah, my yeah. reaction when you said that didn't seem mm -hmm. like I didn't really react to it because for me that's normal. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but that's that's it, nice. it still that's sucks. What I want. It still sucks. I'm not saying that it doesn't, and it's still horrible and that yeah. shouldn't have happened to you. And that is super fucked up and fuck your brother for doing that. Like, why the fuck I still this long into everything? And here's the other ooh. I got a message from my guides the other day, and I think this was for you. Mm -hmm. This is you are the whole reason I got this message. Good. I had a a, a quote unquote ascended master who I don't really connect with come in randomly and drop some knowledge on me the other day, and I thought, why the fuck is this happening? So he mm -hmm. came to me and he said, "Emery, I need you to understand that the barbarity of humanity is part of the human experience. Without the mm -hmm. barbarity." the experience ceases to exist. So mm. on a high level, what that means is, or if we're going to break that down into kind of layman's terms for everybody, it means that where we come from, there's no barbarity. We live in, mm. in joyous bliss and as energetic, you know, noetic energy, basically of sentient energy that mm. is all connected to each other. And we, we live in, in total whatever, but that's boring as you stated when it gets calm yes. and you're, everything's calm and you're like, yes, I kind of miss the chaos. I miss I miss learning. Okay, because that's re that's really what yes, it is. I need to I need to create some kind of response in people to either say fuck you or embrace me. Yep. 
what that is, though, is that's that's you wanting to have that learning experience. That's why we come down here. Yes. That's why we choose to experience these things. And so if we didn't have the contrast of the barbarity of humans, of, of your brother raping you, of horrible shit like that happening, this experience wouldn't even exist. This would be the same shit as where we come from. We wouldn't even need to come here because we learn from those. Yeah, that is true. I mean... I guess people like you and me have like the ultimate highs and the ultimate lows and there's not so much in between. Absolutely. And guess what? I don't know if you were referred to this way, but my sister literally told half the family that I was histrionic at one point because I have these high highs and these low lows. And and yeah, and we're going to yeah, we are yeah, going to yeah. look histrionic to people that don't have that yeah. depth of experience because to them life is this, right? Oop. And for us, it's this. Ah, like, I've been uh, I've been told too. Like you're you're being yeah. hysterical right now. Yeah. So definitely. So, but yeah. that's because they literally can't understand the level at which we experience things. You are able to feel things on a very high level, and yeah. once you actually tap into yourself and get that false bottom out of there that just stops at rage, you're gonna feel it on a very yeah. low level. And I, the other part about this is, I think that that energetic block right to keep you from feeling yeah. sorrow was put there yeah. so that you didn't hit rock bottom to the point of where you offed yourself i actually think I was that was a defense there. mechanism yeah me too yeah. me too i drove off into the woods like i don't know if you listened to the earlier podcast on this but if you haven't you should definitely listen to episode zero it's my whole life story all right Oh I God. drove off into the woods and was getting ready to kill myself and i called nick to say goodbye and nick was like I'll never recover from that. Please don't do that. Mm. He's the only reason why I am still here today. Just like mm. I'm sure your daughter is the only reason that you're still here today. Oh, fuck. How do you know that? Because I understand where you were at. I've been there. I have been there, babe. Yeah. She's the only person in my life that I remotely care about. Yeah, because you have a connection with her. And those people are put into our lives to keep us here. Because mm. our souls know we're going to hit rock bottom. That's We have to hit that rock bottom in order to burn down to, to fly again. I literally had the stuff in my hands Me too. to do it. Me too. To so I totally get you. Yeah. And, I, and I'm saying, like, there's nothing wrong with that. But this lifetime becomes way more enjoyable once you sit down and you really get to understand what is actually you and what is bad programming from all the trauma, what's your ego, What's all of this stuff yeah. that is also at play in it so that you can start making decisions where we don't have to get to that point anymore? You know, so like, like I said, I went through an energetic upgrade, uh, like over the last two, two, three weeks, really. Like it's, and it's been fucking brutal. Like, I'm not going to say this is puppies and kittens and sunshine. It is not. Yeah. I asked for it though. I did it to myself, right? Oh I God. said to the universe, please let me release anything that is not working for me. And I had a new guide come in who is way fucking powerful, like insanely powerful. And he went, OK. And so he like literally plunged me down into that horrible, very low frequency that you got to that I got to that previously would have made me feel suicidal. But because yeah. I had done all this work, because I meditate, because I sit with myself, because I... I do things like I take saltwater baths outside and I do things that are nourishing for me. I had a couple of days of crying and feeling bad for myself and being going through the gambit of emotions of rage to sadness to whatever to just like basically purge all of that energy out of my body. And then I came through the other side, like literally it was like a switch flipped. 
I learned the lessons from oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? And this happened over like I avoided it for three weeks. Like I kept grounding it and meditating it out of my system. I was avoiding it, right? Because I thought like, okay, my energy is really unhinged right now. I need to ground myself. But really what I – I can do without it. Exactly. I, I can learn without the pain. But I needed that pain. Yeah. And, and I'm sure I'll figure out why I needed that pain in the next week or two because that's always how this goes. But I had to go through it and I had to ride it out. And I and I, I apologized to Nick. I said, holy fuck, like you've been living on a roller coaster this week. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know, because he was watching me go through it. And, and I was I was very honest with him. I said, hey, I'm going through something right now. And like I just need you to understand that like I'll be OK and I'm not going to be suicidal. But like I'm going to be real unstable for the next couple of days, yeah. you know, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think that was helpful for Nick because he didn't worry about it as much. He was just like, oh, she's going through some shit and she'll come out the other side. OK, but yeah, I mean, as long as you communicate it, right? Yeah, so because other understand what you're right, because otherwise we look insane. Like it looks like we, we can't control our emotions. It looks like we don't know what's going on. It looks like we're having a mental breakdown. Yeah, but to be honest, I must admit for Nick, that's also quite impressive, but because especially men have a tendency to uh, want to solve problems. So if you tell someone, especially a man, that you are going through shit, their immediate response is, how can I fix this? So I must admit, <laughs> I'm very... Uh, impressed by Nick so, for just sitting through it and be able to be like, yeah, this is your thing. I'm going to back off and come back to me when you need so me. So those roles are reversed in our household. I'm I'm the one who, when I see a problem, goes into fix it mode, right? Because I'm like, uh, there's yeah, no, there's no point in wallowing, right? Like I just mm -hmm. sitting there and complaining about it doesn't do shit to help the situation. Nick, okay. though, Nick knows like when I need help, when I've hit a, a block, like we were actually talking about this yesterday. When I hit a block, I come to him for help. I'll say, I've sat mm. with this for two weeks. I've been struggling with it. I don't know how to get through this. Can you help me? And, I, and mm. I'll sit down with him and he will help me solve it. And he has done it like 99% of the time. Yeah, I mean, um, mm -hmm. usually I don't, I'm not trying to fix whatever she's going through. And I, I probably won't be able to anyways unless she wants to communicate it. So I, I just try to be open to whatever she wants to bring to me. I don't know if that's totally true because you do try and make it less painful. That's your version of fixing it, right? Like Nick will be like, well, what can I get you? Like, how about I make you dinner tonight? You know, like he he's supportive that way. Triage. Yeah, triage. Exactly. That's <laughs> hey, that was perfect. <laughs> Very supportive. It that it is though. He tries yeah. to triage it. He goes, Okay, like she's going through some shit. And I know that this is like happening on a spiritual level, and that's not something I can help her with. But what I can do is you know, make her dinner the, the night that she's been crying for like an hour and is going through like 20 years of past bullshit trying to figure out what's causing uh. it because that's exactly what happened. And so I started deep diving through everything I had ever experienced to try and find it, right? Because for me, that's the impatience, right? I prefer to go through these very deep, very destructive outbursts, like these, these tower moments, yeah. right? Because you're a tarot reader, so you know what I'm talking about. I trigger yeah. these tower moments because I don't want them to like continue lagging on for six months and then I have a tower moment. I'd rather literally be like, I'm going to have a fucking tower moment right now and we're going to sit down and like figure this out. And yeah, it's going to be painful as shit over the next two to three days, but then I'll be on the other side of this and I'll feel better. So that's how sure. to harness your impatience for good. Mm -hmm. okay. okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I just put everything in boxes. So my head is one big attic. 
filled to the ceiling with you got to clean that out though because your yeah. attic your your attic is where you live right like you live in your head yeah. and so you've got to clean that shit out so that your head is a nice place to live in because when your head is a nice place to live in when the external shit hits you and it's uncomfortable you kind of don't care because you're like wow my head's fine like mm. This is a little uncomfortable for right now, but I'll I'll deal with it, you know. Well, I can't sleep. You can't so. sleep? No, I I need a handful of medication to get to knock me out otherwise I'm going to stay awake until 7 a.m. the next day. Girl, I am going to scream this so loud that you hear it. You have to fucking meditate. Yeah. Okay, I'll try to do because that more. that's what's happening though. You have this like this chatterbox happening in your head because there's like twenty different voices in your head going like constantly. Yeah. Okay. But the only way to get that out is to let them tire themselves out like a like a child throwing a temper tantrum. Sometimes, hmm. like you can't just be like, oh, here's a piece of candy. Here's a piece of candy. Sometimes you have to just like. Let them have the fucking meltdown for three hours and screaming and punching and kicking. And you just sit there and like wait it out. And then finally they'll tire themselves out and they'll go, oh, okay, I feel better now. That's how your ego is. Yeah. I truly see the ego as like a little child who can't manage itself. Like that's mm-hmm. how I see my ego, right? It, it's a little child who goes, oh, no, 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 no. And it's like just constantly in, in a state of fucking panic. Give me, give me, exactly. give me. Exactly. And so – by medicating, you're not fixing the issue, right? Like that's what I was talking about no. with the the hallucinogenics. You're just kind of like putting a you're putting a band-aid on a gaping wound. And so start really cleaning yeah. that stuff out. Like start sitting down with it and going, okay, like I know that I'm worthy. Where does that come from? Okay, well, it comes from what happened when I was a kid and and always being told that I wasn't enough. But well, was that actually true or was that just my family projecting on me because I was this giant ball of energy? And they flew too close yeah. to the sun and it made them feel like inadequate. You know, like this yeah. happened to me a lot of times too. Like I, <laughs> I was really good at singing. I actually like won competitions for it. My dad told me I couldn't wow. sing. And then when I was like 22 or 23 years old and it completely like moved on from that or 24, maybe somewhere around there, I was singing Adele in the car with him. And all of a sudden it was like, holy shit, you can really sing. And I was like, where the fuck have you been my entire life? Like, yes. You t- you told me I couldn't sing when I was younger. Like, what the fuck? You know, like, so it was kind of like that. I've had people like eat my food and then tell me like, oh, well, you're not, you know, this is how you fix your food. You're not very good at cooking. Like, I don't really like your food. Mm. When literally every stranger who's ever eaten my food that I cook is like, oh, holy fuck, you're so good at cooking. And I know I'm good at cooking. Yeah, or they say you're rubbish at cooking and then finish everything on their plate. Yep, absolutely. I mean, that has happened to me multiple times. Yeah, though. this is really bad. Exactly. Just keep eating. Yeah, like th- this really needed like less seasoning. And I'm like, just because you like bland food doesn't yeah, mean yeah, everybody yeah. else does. Too much salt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> keep shoveling it in their exactly. mouth. Exactly. But when you're not in your ego, you watch that and you see the disparity or like the the difference between what they're saying and what they're doing. And so what they're yeah. saying doesn't end up being a voice in your head anymore because you're seeing the actual reality of it, not through the lens of mm. your damaged ego who's like I've been told I've been shitty at cooking my entire life, so I guess I'm shitty at cooking. And I guess he's just eating it to be nice. You know, you, you don't go through those those rounds anymore. You go, oh, this guy is trying to make me feel bad about this because my cooking's good and it intimidates him. Or uh, this reminds him of his mom's cooking and, and that's why he's lashing out on it. Or whatever the fuck it is. Because most yeah. shit that people say to you is a projection. It's whatever they're dealing yeah. with. And it comes out their mouth because they're 
subconsciously their ego is like, I, 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 I'm struggling with this. And their soul was like, you need to work through this. And they're like, no. So they put it out. They put it out externally. Okay. So. Yeah. And they like to put it on you and not on them. Exactly. Because that's how their soul is like, work through this. And they're like, no. And they're like, this is her. She's the problem. Yes. Right? Yes. I think that's actually why that Taylor Swift song became so popular of it's me, I'm the problem, it's me, is because I think people are starting to actually work on themselves and realize, holy fuck, I'm kind of the problem sometimes. Yeah. So in this case, you are your own problem because you're not sitting and and doing the deep work to really let your brain get quiet. It, yeah, once you do that work, and it's going to suck, it's going to take a while, I'm going to be honest with you, especially with how busy your brain is and how quickly your brain works, it's going to take a while. But sitting with it, do that work. Just trust me on this because I'm sure you can tell, but my brain works hella fast too. Yes, but I mean, I can also ask myself questions if I'm struggling with yep. stuff. And usually I receive an answer, so maybe I should do that more often. You should definitely do that more often. but. Take the time to sit with yourself and get quiet because until you get quiet and still, it is going to be damn near impossible for you to figure out that's my ego versus that's me. Because But it's uncomfortable as fuck. I know. But guess what? It's kind of like when you get into like a, a really hot water or really cold water and at first it's shocking and super uncomfortable. The more you sit in it, the more you're like, fuck it, I'm powering through this this discomfort. All of a sudden you'll be like, Hey, this isn't so bad anymore. I've gotten kind of used to it. Okay. Well, that sounds good. I should try and do that. That's kind of the whole purpose of like making yourself uncomfortable on purpose is to take away the power from that discomfort. Yes. Because the more often that you're purposefully uncomfortable, the more that you'll be like, I don't care that I'm uncomfortable right now. I'll just, I'll push through it because you have that ability. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, you have this uh, very strong warrior aspect in you. Like it's, it's up front, yes. right? Because that's who's had to. That's who's had to to carry you through. That's that's who's had to survive, right? Deal with shit. You have this warrior aspect. So turn that warrior aspect in your favor of, yeah, this is uncomfortable, but I'm going to warrior through this. Like, I'm going to say, I fuck it, I'm going to do it. I just uh, started working on a drawing with a woman holding a crossbow. Get out. That's yes. fucking awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you, your subconscious is screaming at you to, to start doing these things. but. And I, and I know that like when someone says meditate, you're like, oh, fuck you. But like I said, fuck you for I don't know how many years. And then once I actually started meditating, things moved very quickly for me. And I worked through a lot of shit in a very short period of time. So Mm. once you decide to dedicate yourself to, I am going to find out who I actually am at the core. Not all of these things I've been told, not all these bad Mm. programs I've picked up from trauma or bad things that happened to me, who I actually am. Once you decide to, to commit to that, really commit. Like, I, I can see it with you that you're kind of an all or nothing person. So be all on this one. Yes. Okay? Consciously choose. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be all in on this. Because once you decide to do mm. that, your path is going to move very quickly. And this might actually be that big thing coming in that you were fucking dreading. Mm. In fact, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what this is. You're yeah, well, you're seeing like you're like in cocoon yeah. phase right now and you're seeing like I'm I'm yeah. over the next few months if I really buckle down on this I'm going to emerge this beautiful butterfly and there's a part of the part of you Hopefully. that's scared of this the part of you that goes oh no 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 I don't like this I don't like this is your ego 
Because ultimately, mm. when you sit down and you realize who you are, you take away all the power from the ego and the ego goes, I don't really fucking matter anymore. Mm. That's why it's scared. And you're going to have these flare ups yeah. of it getting scared every time you go in to do this because it's you're taking power away from it little by little. And the ego's like, no, I need my power. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. If I don't have any power, then I can't control anything and I can't help myself and I can't help anybody else. Ah, fuck. And then you implode. Yeah. That's how the ego works. Mm. That's not you, though. When mm. you have those reactions, yeah. stop yourself and consciously, logically be like, this is not me. I'm not having mm. this reaction. My ego is. Mm. That's how you stop those, like, spiral outs, you know? Yeah, I mean, most of my dreams are in the third person. So maybe I should try to apply that to my life as well, to take a step back and look at yes. it from a other perspective rather than staying within yourself and feeling the frustration yes. and lashing out immediately. But, I mean, the thing is, it is so gratifying to lash out when someone is being an idiot and i know but then there's a you just want but then there's a part there's like an immediate reward yeah okay so that's your impatience speaking but yes yes. while there's an immediate reward for doing that i don't know if you're like me but i know for me after the fact i feel bad for being an asshole no i don't go fuck them (laughs) i feel bad for being an asshole to people who are being stupid because being stupid isn't malicious okay like malicious stuff if i lash yeah, out at that absolutely fuck that that person but yeah if someone's just not on my level getting mad at them and lashing out mm. at them for not being something that they aren't mm. but that's a me issue not a them issue right and so i end up feeling bad yeah. about it because i'm like oh they can't really help it or they're not at a place where they could like, right mm, yeah maybe. yeah so yeah. They can't help it for being stupid. Right. Again, like it's like screaming at a baby for pooping itself. You're like you're getting mad at yes. them for just existing essentially. Yeah. So but part of the – it's your ego that wants that that instant gratification. Your soul doesn't give a fuck. Your yeah. soul knows that it's down here to grow and learn and whatever and that it's – the roller coaster is going to go where the roller coaster goes no matter what the ego wants. Yeah. It's your ego that's like, ah, I don't like this. Fuck this person. Blah. And then you explode. Yes. But part – let me slap you across the face. Yeah, exactly. But part of that, and again, this goes back to once you start clearing out that massively packed attic in your head. Oh, my God. And there's more space. When that stuff comes up, it just won't bother you as much. And, like, Nick will attest to this because I used to be exactly like what you're describing. Hair trigger. Yep. I used to be exactly like that. I was not patient, right? But now that I have – the little shit doesn't bother me anymore. The little shit will come up and I'll be like, <laughs> look at this idiot. And then I move on. Okay. And it, no, but it's a nice me, feeling. It's injustice. Yeah. Injustice of any kind, whether it's like this insignificant or this big, my response is exactly the same. Okay. But you know why that's happening, right? Yes. That's, that's your warrior reacting from a place of trauma so it's it's the ego controlling the warrior basically because you felt like life has been such a giant injustice to you that you don't want to ever see that happen to yourself or to anybody else and i get that i get this righteous indignation that kicks in sometimes where i'm just like i want to burn down everything you know because i'm like Uh, that's so fucked up but this from let's burn on the village exactly have a barbecue. But, but that's 
but that's coming from the very limited perspective of your ego who sees things like this, okay? So when you take those glasses off and you realize I'm seeing things through the ego, I need to back up and look at this from a bigger perspective, you start understanding that everything has its purpose in, in life. Sometimes those injustices are there to teach people lessons that they have to learn. They have to go through that discomfort to grow, you know? So you start. But also I should stop getting baited. Oh yeah. Big time. Big time. Because that's a lack of control on your, on your part, right? Like if you understand I'm being baited right now and you give into it because it feels good, that, that temporary feels good is your ego. And the thing yeah, is, yeah. is it's just causing more damage for you and the other person. And speaking from a spiritual level, you might be racking up more karma that then you're going to have to work off. So by exploding on mm-hmm. people or getting baited into it or whatever, you might actually end up having to go through some more painful shit, which if you had just not allowed yourself to give into that, yeah. you wouldn't have created that karma for you and for the other person. So there, there's a much bigger thing at play here. And sometimes, not even sometimes, those instant gratifications are like eating a potato chip when you really need to sit really? down and have a full meal. Literally and figuratively. Right? They're gratifying in the moment. Yeah, they're gratifying in the moment. And then after the fact, you're like, fuck, I needed to have a salad with salmon instead. You know, like, wow, fuck. Like, and yes. now my. Why did yeah, I Yeah, and that? now my stomach's upset. You know, like, it's it's the yeah. same kind of thing. So. You've got to start kind of reining that in a little bit, but I really think all of this is going to get much easier for you once you actually fully commit to, I I have to work on myself in a meaningful way. And that means addressing the stacked attic in my head that have ghosts up in there, you know, like I need to go in and clean out all of it because that's where you live, right? You, you do live very much in your head. Like you and I both know this. I know it too. Like your brain working so quickly that is a blessing and a curse and i know that from oh, personal yes. experience because the other thing is is when your brain works very quickly it makes it very hard for other people to follow you right yeah and also you're like five steps ahead of everyone and they're like can you explain the first four steps because you're already on the fifth and i can't keep Keep up yeah, with that's you. that's what I mean by like it's really hard for people to follow you. So you'll be like, yeah, you'll be like, oh, I know the way. Let's go do this. And then they're like, whoa, 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 yeah, whoa, yeah. what? And like, like, slow the fuck down, right? And so, yeah, I like I've been told this my entire life of like you need to slow down, you need to slow down, like you need to slow down. Yes, but, relax. Yep. Well, and to some extent that is true. Like I needed to relax and slow down, and so did you. But when mm. there's a time to slow down, and then there's a time to harness that energy that you have. You've got to figure out when to balance out those two between this is when I need to sit and this is when I need to go. Because when you're in go, 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 go mode, you get up such a momentum that no matter how good your brakes are, you're still going to fucking crash. Yeah, you're burning out as well. Exactly. That's what I mean by crash. You're going to hit a wall. You're going to fucking like everything will explode around you and you're going to be like, oh, God, versus. No, not only that, but also from an energy point of view that. If you keep on going, 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 then at some point you feel really exhausted and you're like, what? Why am I feeling like this? Why am I so tired? All well, the exactly. Time? But that's literally what I mean by you hit a wall. Like if you don't yeah. stop yourself, the universe will because your energy will run out and you will just the bottom will drop out from underneath you. Yeah. But then it creates these sure. big problems that didn't really have to be big if you had just gone a little slower. 
So, or if you had paused, if you had gone, oh, I see a wall coming, I'm going to go ahead and stop the car and just sit until the wall moves, like, right? So, because yeah, I yeah. have that aspect too. Like my dad used to jokingly tell me, like you have no brakes, you know. And and I was always like, shut up, dad. But he was right. Like as a kid, I did I didn't have. But brakes. sometimes it's also it also feels like you have something to prove. Like, don't you fucking tell me there's a wall coming up? I will prove you wrong. That's ego. I'm gonna go and fucking crash through this right. wall no one's going to fucking stop but that's me. ego who do you think that who the hell do you think you but are that's ego when someone tries to warn yeah. you hey there's danger coming up and you go fuck you don't tell me what to do that's ego yes you know it's it's different oh. if you question it if you go really like i don't really feel like that's coming huh like hmm i don't know i'll sit with that that's yeah. different but when you have that knee-jerk reaction yeah. of fuck you don't tell me what to do i'm a fucking rebel that's your yeah. ego Yes. Our okay, our souls okay. don't react to things that way. Our souls will go, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I don't resonate with that. Anyway, no thanks. But our ego will mm. be like, fuck you, motherfucker. I'm going to prove everything. Like it goes into this. Yeah. yeah, it goes into this. Let's burn the world down mode. That's not yes. really helpful for you. And it's not helpful for the world around Truth. you either. So Mm-mm. really understanding those things. I, again, like all of these things that you brought up, I, I hate to say, and I sound like a broken record, but I'm like, that's ego. That's ego. That's ego. I'm trying yes, to help you are right. I know, I'm, but I'm trying to help you understand how much of what yeah. you are thinking and feeling and and reacting to is not actually you, it's your ego. And so uh, the key to all yeah. of this for you, to unlocking all of this for you, is getting still enough to be able to go, oh man, that's my ego. I'm mm. having that reaction internally, but I'm not gonna have that reaction because I know that's not actually me reacting to it. It's my damage, it's my shadow. But how can you get that gratification if it's not through anger and irritation? Well, you <laughs> there's gratification from change, okay? So like mm. and so here's I'm going to share this with you. So Nick and I several times like I've had a different visceral reaction than I normally would have because I I did the work mm. and I sat with it and a few times my ego flared up and I went, "Ah, that's my ego. I'm not doing that." And I I was like basically like shut the fuck up ego like we're not doing that I'm in control of the ship now you're not in control anymore like we're not doing that shut up and then I would mm-hmm. have like after I did that a few times I would have a visceral reaction to something that was very different than any other visceral reaction I've ever had and I would turn to Nick with like my eyes like I just found like a puppy you know and I'm like oh my god I'm different I changed I grow like I didn't have this oh, negative reaction that feels amazing the feeling so much better than the gratification you get from blowing up or reacting to something when you realize, oh my God, I'm in control of my own, my, my own emotions now. Like, like, yeah, normally I would have responded to that terribly, but instead this time I went like, yeah, that doesn't really bother me. There's gratification Mm. and growth, like way better gratification and it's long-term gratification. And then the other thing is eventually those things won't even make you angry. So you won't need the gratification from it. You'll get the gratification from nice things in your life. Like, oh, my God, my my daughter came back from Tokyo and like we went and had this girl's day and she opened up to me and shared all this stuff that like she normally wouldn't have shared with me or anybody else. And like I got this like my heart feels so gratified by the connection I had with her. That's where you start to get your gratification from is from stuff that actually is meaningful to you. Yeah. Okay. Because the ego blocks that. Right. The ego is the one that like your daughter comes to open up to you. And rather than sitting there and listening to it, you're like, oh, fuck him. Fuck that. Blah, 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 like and you explode. Right. Yeah. 
you don't get to experience no, that. Well, not not with my uh, yeah no not with my daughter because uh, we have uh, from birth we've had this very intense relationship and I've breastfed her until she was three and a half and uh, she's always slept in the bed with me so we've always had this very unique yeah. closeness uh, even though she lives in Tokyo it's different yeah. now but. As soon as we are together, then after a day or so, we are back to that level. Yeah, but I'm I'm using that as an example of like, yeah, like yeah, say yeah. your daughter brings up something about your husband or your ex husband, and uh, then yeah. it triggers you, and then you like you're fuck him, fuck that, whatever, and then you're not actually listening to what yeah, she's yeah, saying, yeah. and then you miss out on that gratification because you took the low hanging fruit rather than waiting for the really big one yeah. above it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that would definitely because that's but that's that's and, instant gratification yeah. and and real gratification is you are grabbing the the shitty apple that's like hanging the lowest because it's the closest one to you. Yeah. When if you had just been a little bit more patient and put in more effort and reached to the one up above it, it was this big juicy apple, right? But yeah. Plus, I don't want to drag her into my shit. You know. Not only that, but like you also you're going to end up damaging her by having those reactions to some extent yeah. because she won't feel heard in those moments, right? Or she won't feel seen. Mm. Or We repeat the cycles that our parents re- repeated with us without even knowing it a lot of times. So that's the other thing. And that's really what yeah. I'm going to – oh, my God, we're, we're way past our, our time on this. And I know I didn't do a <laughs> mediumship reading, but I hope you got a lot out of this. But I, I kind of – yeah, I kind of want to close yeah. this off for you because I feel like this is going to be the the shove over the fence that you need. You owe it to your daughter mm-hmm. from a mothering standpoint to be the mother that you needed when you were growing up. And in order to do that, you have to get your ego under control. You have to accept it. You have to mm-hmm. understand it. You have to integrate it so that you don't have those ego responses that are accidentally going to damage her, right? Because you love mm-hmm. her and you don't want to damage your daughter. She means the world to you. I can feel it. You yes. want a better world yes. for her. Okay. Yes. So in order to do that, though, you have to be a better person than than the person that you are right now. And the way to do that is find out who you really are, because you, the soul that came down here to experience this, is beautiful. She is nothing but light and strength and like courageousness. Like, I mean, she's like I'm, I'm seeing your energy of like who you actually are without all that other shit on it. You are this beautiful soul. You are this transformational soul who was sent down here to help people become who they are again. But in order to do that effectively and in order to do that for your daughter, you have to do it for yourself first. It always has to start yeah. with you. And so that thing you do of shining light on others to get them to look at shit they don't want to look at, turn that fucking light inward. And it's going to burn like hell and you are not going to like it. Trust yes. me on this, but just soldier through it. Soldier through it like all the other shit that you've been through in your life because – once you get to the other side of that and you start really like letting go of a lot of this, you will be the best mom in the entire world. You're already a very good mom, but you are going to be like everything you could have ever wanted in a mother when you were growing up. You will be, you literally will be that fairy tale that you were looking at. Oh, thank I mean you. it. I see it in you. Okay. So like. Thank you. But yeah. look me in the eyes on this. You are fucking worthy. Mm-hmm. Fuck anyone who made you not feel like that. That was their own bullshit that they were projecting onto you. That is not true. You are worthy. You are beautiful. You are loving. You are smart. You are courageous. You are adventurous as fuck. See yourself clearly and stop listening to your ego because it is full of shit. Okay. Yes, I will. All right. Now that I'm done being militant. Yes. 
Yes. Music to my ears. <laughs> so now now that yes. I'm kind of done being militant about this, I really appreciate you coming mm-hmm. on. And um, listeners, thank you for having of me. Of course. Like, literally, this was my pleasure. I, I I love everybody who comes on to this and and I connect with people in, in a very beautiful way of, of certain aspects of myself that I share with them. But you and I share so many aspects. I feel like I'm talking to myself from two years ago. And so I'm going to tell you exactly what myself from two years ago needed to hear. You fucking got this. Okay. This shit is hard, but keep pushing through it because on the other side of all of this struggle and all this pain and whatever is this magical fucking world that you cannot even imagine. Okay. That intuition that you already have those, you know, you ask yourself things and you get answers, the tarot, everything that will be leveled up to an extent you cannot even imagine if you drop all of the ego bullshit. That is just dead weight that is blocking you from serving your mission. And you are here for a very specific, very important mission. You've known that from the time that you were a kid. Finally, uh, finally, someone is making sense to yeah. me. Why did it have to take so because long? You, because you're in a place now where you have the time and space to be able to do it. That's that's the separation from your daughter. That's the you being alone and, and starting a whole new life. You're in a space right now where now's the time to do that work. That's why I've entered into your life right now. This is always why I enter into people's life is to be like, time to get off the fucking fence and do the work. That's why this is called a spiritual boot camp. Okay. Yes. I need. I know. I know you did. But I'm telling you because I was where you were two years ago. I, I. You will appreciate this existence so much more once you figure out what your purpose for being here is. You have a specific purpose. You've known that from the time that you were a child. There is a part of you deep down that has always known this. So stop fucking hiding from it under the guise of, well, yeah, but this feels good in the moment. Go go yes, serve your purpose. Right. All right. Just please. Uh-huh. Like the world needs you to. Listeners, um, I hope you got something out of that. If you did, please like, subscribe, whatever the fuck on whatever platform. We just need this to get out into the world. Again, we put a lot of time and energy and love and money into this podcast to try and help people work through their stuff in a way that they're comfortable working through it. I know that there are a lot of people out there that needed to hear everything that Nikki heard today, including her story. Like, Also, if you, in fact, I I really want to thank Nikki for something. If you are someone who has been through a lot of trauma, especially sexual abuse or any kind of physical or mental abuse from your family of origin, if you've loved and been loved by narcissists, then you know how damaging that is. Look at how open she was in sharing the shit that she's been through. Look at how much more seen and heard and and felt you feel right now because you recognize that we've all been through shit. It's not just you. You're not alone. So courageous souls like Nikki, go out there and share your fucking story. All right. Even if you're. Thank you. Even if you're on the beginning of your healing journey like Nikki is in right now, go out and speak it because we all feel so fucking alone in our life stories. And sometimes you will find someone like Nikki and I found each other today where your life stories are so similar. It's eerie. And you finally get to be seen. So. Stop hiding. Stop shutting that story down as something not to look at. Start sharing it with people. And when they recoil and like, oh, my God, that's too much. That's not the right person for you. Just see it as a defense shield that came up and booted someone out of your life. All right. Because eventually you will tell someone and they'll be like, oh, I get it. I've been there. And that feeling of 
I'm not alone is, oh my God, it's magical. Yes, but also you've given me a couple of really um, good handles that I can use to get further because up to this point, I never had anyone resonate to my story up to the level that you have and been, been able to give me some really good pointers that are really useful because everyone's like, oh, I can't believe this has happened to you. Yeah, and, I'm so uh, sorry. You poor have you tried ra- Yeah, if you tried writing a journal and like, uh, I don't think that's really good. Yeah, help me, I'm with but- you. Rehashing it didn't do shit for me other than make me more angry. So I totally get it, right? Yes. Because you're just like, why the fuck did this happen? So- Yes. But answer that question. Go in pursuit of the truth on that question of why did this happen? And then you will find an answer. And at some point, that answer will be enough that you'll let it go. Okay. Because you're an intellectual, your brain works the same way that mine does. That's how you let go. Yes. Find the lesson in it. So Mm -hmm. I need everybody, though, to start being a little bit more like Nikki when it comes to be open about the shit that has happened to you because you never know. Who's listening? And maybe it's not the person that you're talking to. Maybe it's the table over from you at the at the coffee shop or whatever who needed to hear that to go, oh, my God, I'm not alone. This has happened to other people. Oh, my God. Thank God. You know, because there there is a big time feeling of relief when you go, holy shit, I'm not alone. I'm never alone. Yeah. We're all just fucking struggling. Like, <laughs> it's just a human True. experience, you know? So. Yes. Life sucks. It does. Get Life sucks it. and then you die. But. Yes. If you do the work, life doesn't suck so much. Yeah, there's parts of life that suck. Mm-hmm. The shit storms come through and you go, wow, that was really uncomfortable. I hated that. But yeah. there are also these really beautiful moments along the journey. And if you're stuck in how shitty it is, you miss all of those beautiful moments. Plus, you keep on thinking, why is this shit happening to me over and over again? And then it keeps happening over and over again. Learning the... Yeah, learning the la- uh, learning the language and learning the experience and learning the lessons uh, and finally be able to recognize next time something shitty like that comes your way and say, no. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> I know what that is. I've already learned yes. my lesson on that. No, thanks. Yeah, exactly. Yes, go beautiful, away. Beautiful, beautiful, Nikki. So mm. uh, please like, subscribe, whatever. Uh, we've got more podcasts coming up. I think because these are so long and they do take so much time and energy and editing and whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start posting these every two weeks. So guys, if, if I don't post one, that's why it's not that I've dropped off the face of the planet. It's just, we're spreading them out a little bit more. There may also be a format change coming up uh, that we're kind of toying with. And so I kind of want to put this out there to the audience and see how you guys feel about it. Um, up until this point, we've had kind of random people come on because they were just whoever needed to work through something at that point in time. Uh, but I am much more effective as a healer and as a guide when I work with people long term uh, through several months of of shit, right? Because each part of the path looks different. Like once you conquer one thing, the whole kaleidoscope shifts. And then that's very unnerving for a lot of people because they don't know what's going on. So I want to support those of you who are actually working on yourself. I, I want to support those of you who have gotten to the next stage and then you're like, now what? Right. And so I'm thinking what we're going to start doing is um, doing quote unquote boot camp classes uh, rather than just random people. So we'll have for four or five months, uh, maybe four people or five people who come on every month and talk about 
their issue that they're working through. Then they get through it and then they talk about what happened with the breakthrough and then what they're going through next. And then we'll follow them through their journey so that you get to see people's paths in their entirety. You get to celebrate their their breakthroughs too. Like that's my most favorite part of this is seeing people grow and change and seeing them overcome obstacles. So I'm hoping that this is a change that is going to work for everybody because I'll be more effective with the people that I'm helping. And also, quite frankly, um, I, I think it'll help you guys more because, you know, I can't, I, I've had a lot of people come on that are not, um, they're not really ready to work on themselves yet. And so I don't know how helpful that is to people. Nikki very obviously is ready to work on herself. Yes. So, so this one was really, I'm sure this one will be very helpful, but I've had a few people come on who just yeah. wanted psychic mediumship readings and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, you know, kind of how I sold this, but I, I'm thinking of shifting that format to some people who are willing to come on and really share their life story in order to help others, right? Because we're all here to learn from each other. So if you don't want that to happen, if you're like, no, I don't want that format change. It's going to ruin what I love about this podcast. Please go on our social media or go on YouTube or wherever you can leave a comment and tell me. And if it is something that you want, if, it, if you're like, oh, this sounds great, please leave that comment too. I'm really looking for feedback from you guys on what it is that you guys want because I know what I want and I know um, I know how I can be most effective. And, and I, I'm hoping that it's going to be more effective for the audience too to see the whole life cycle of change rather than just snippets of it. So with that being said, if no one has told you lately, you are loved. 